Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. If you want to come get it, I have This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to Be Nation Wrestling Network. Welcome to the latest episode of Who's Next? I am Andy Atherton, one of your co-hosts, and yes, your ears are not deceiving you. We are doing a show within like a normal time frame. Would you? Wonders never cease. We are going to be covering three weeks of television and a PLE on this episode. Hopefully it'll be a bit more manageable for your your earbuds and your listening and your commutes and what have you. And for us to uh, kind of uh, do a little bit of a nice deep dive and not have to uh, kind of get through and rush to, uh, you know, cover, make sure we're covering everything we intend to cover on our episode. But let's get to all that, what happened these last few weeks in a moment. Let me bring in my co-host, the Mud Pie from Mississippi, Logan Crosland. Logan, good to talk to you in a uh, shorter time span between uh, last time we chatted. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm glad to not be covering uh, 11 episodes of TV like we may have done before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> this is the much better sample size, so yes. hopefully we can uh, really deep dive it and uh, get get everybody caught up on what's been happening. I have been known to be a little overly ambitious at times with pods. If you could, uh, if you ever go back to uh, one of the early episodes of the uh, hopefully not forgotten. Uh, Looking forward, looking back podcast I used to do on the on the pop feed. That was I did a couple of marathons in that one, and God bless those uh, guests I had on those shows because those were those were marathons. I was putting people through the ringers. But no, this is fun, man. Look, talking about wrestling is great, even in short, long doesn't matter the time period as long as we're talking about it, and that's what we're here to do. So we're going to be going back only a few weeks to the episode of NXT. From January 30th, this is the go-home before Vengeance Day. It opens up, and we're still going on with the Dusty Tag Team Classic with the last semifinal. Here we get the Latino World Order, Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro versus Trick Mello Gang, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. So we get uh, Hayes and Wilde start out, Carmelo is side headlock, Joaquin reverses to a waistlock, shrugged off with a crisscross, Mello grounded with a side headlock, Wilde to his feet, waist, wrist lock, waist lock. Uh, standing switch, arm drags, tags made, Del Toro with a quebrada for two, chopping the ropes, Williams with a couple of body slams, but Cruz slips out, kicks his leg out of his leg, tag to Hayes, putting boots to Del Toro in the corner, I love these write-ups, the match breaks down with a series of dives to the floor, and they, we get go to a commercial break, we come back with Del Toro denying a Hayes tag, Carmelo reaching and punching, Cruz cuts him off, back suplex, he lands on his feet, but gets turned inside out by a lariat, the path cleared, Trick is fired up, tags made, and Williams lays wild out with kicks in right hands. Scoop and a slam, double bookend, not enough. Del Toro cleaning house with kicks. He and Wild up top in stereo. Coast to coast on Carmelo. Del Toro and Hayes both down out, trading elbows with their knees to their feet. Big paintbrush slaps Mello with a roundhouse kick and whip out of the corner. Tiger faint. Cruz cracks him in the jaw. Missile drop kick connects. Tag to Wild up top, dropping Carmelo, but he pops up, hits his code breaker. Tag to trick the jumbo knee. And the Trick Mellow Gang win by pinfall with a jumping knee strike from Trick Williams on Joaquin Wild. 
We get a little post-match here with Obafemi appearing, throws Wild and Del Toro around. Dragon Lee comes in off the top. Femi swats him aside and stands tall. So a little uh, post-credit scene here for this uh, Dusty Classic match. I really enjoyed this match. I thought these two teams, you know, did a great job. I think Cruz and Del Toro have really stepped up their game, and I would love to see them get involved in some kind of tag title situation because because these guys have really been, you know, bringing it, especially you know, uh, Cruz with that with that jump he did, that leap, that slingshot. That was pretty amazing, but Del Toro is pretty underrated. He does some of those, uh, you know, tightrope walks and into his uh, jumps here. The guy's got incredible balance, and but of course the right team does go over. Uh, you know, Logan. First, I'll I'll get your uh, your analysis, but also when it comes to things like the Dusty Classic, uh, which side of the fence are you on? Do you think like tag teams that are like tag teams go through, or you get the two, you know? singles comparators together going through do you which which side of the fence do you do you lie or do you just don't care you just want to see good wrestling and a good story told i think honestly if it's a you know good wrestling and good story told i kind of don't care um they really just nxt in general really needs to start bulking back up the tag division because mm-hmm. you know other than you know a few a few teams there's really not a ton of teams uh left you know we lost the creeds uh the lwo our main roster usually they come back down for the tournament obviously but uh they really do kind of need to start putting some new teams together and you know really kind of start pushing and rebuilding that tag division because it always seems like it kind of goes in lulls like you know like the tag division will be really stacked uh you know and then the women are kind of rebuilding themselves and then the women's division will be real stacked and you know the tag division's kind of rebuilding itself so um it, it th- those two seem to kind of go in waves like you know it, it seems like they're really hot at one point and then maybe somebody gets called up or somebody leaves or, or something to that effect somebody uh, comes down who's not being utilized on raw smackdown yeah which, which is what happened recently with angel umberto they went back up there's another mm-hmm. team if you uh you know read spoilers uh i'm, I'm sure that episode actually will have aired uh, after before this 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 podcast drops so there's another team that comes down i don't know if they'll be there for a cup of coffee be there for the long run but definitely a veteran presence i think that they could use but yeah i i do agree with you with uh with the rebuilds that happen it's it just seems like there's gaping holes uh, in in it's ne- never really happens in the men's division although they sometimes they need to elevate some people which is constant but yeah, the women definitely you could definitely see whenever there's call ups or releases, and same with the tags. It's th- those two take tend to take a little longer to build, but get built back up. So, but, but they your, always do. Yeah, they always do. Yeah, um, and yeah, and I think the men like I feel like uh, you know the men's main roster or main main event level, and you know the North Americans been pretty consistent lately because none of those guys have really gotten called up uh i think that's about to happen to where they're gonna have to kind of reset and you know it's gonna it's gonna be on guys like trick to kind of take the main event like 
storylines and stuff forward once a few guys go up, uh, which I think is pr- coming pretty quick. So uh, th- we'll maybe see the first time when that kind of needs to be readjusted, but we'll see how that goes. But yeah, it really seems like the tag and, and the women ha- have kind of gone through those little phases. But the match was awesome. Um, I always sing the praises of the LWO guys uh, that they're awesome. Uh, they're vastly underrated. And like you said, uh, they're a team that I think could really, really uh, benefit for the t- t- tag titles getting split back up. Uh, you know, I mean, it doesn't really matter here, here or there. I think they could definitely contend with a team like Judgment Day, but I don't see them being a team that possibly probably could beat them. But like, like I said, if they split the tag titles back up to Raw and SmackDown, I think they could definitely be a SmackDown title contenders uh, easily and have a ton of great matches. And then, yeah, like you said, Carmelo and Trick were definitely the team that should win. And uh, Obafemi comes out and kind of takes out um, uh, Dragon Lee's guys uh, and uh, to kind of hype that match up for Vengeance Day. So mm-hmm. good, good match, good segment. All right. good uh, brawl, I mean. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, all right, we got Ridge Holland backstage chatting with general manager Ava Rain. Ava won't give him a match against all three members of Gallus. We get Lexus King rolling up with a gift basket full of his merch for her, telling Holland now that isn't the time as he and Ava have a meeting. She doesn't remember a meeting, but she has a perfect start for his 2024 in a match against Ridge Holland tonight. She re-gifts the gift basket to uh, Ridge, immediately gives it back to Lexus, says he'll be seeing him. Then we get Tam Paxley backstage being shown a weird picture of Lyra Valkyria. Valkyria rolls up, tells her to stop messaging her, and asks why she attacked Roxanne Perez last week. Lyra says she can fight her own battles, and she's literally the champion. So that moves on to a Roxanne Perez versus Tam Paxley match. We get Lyra Valkyria on commentary. Not a long match, but we get uh, Tatum with an elbow. Perez returns the favor. Tatum takes things to the floor, and she's in control. Roxanne won a crossbody on the floor. Then we get back inside, and Roxanne wins by pinfall with Pop Rocks. Post-match, we get Perez and Paxley brawl some more, but Lyra hits the ring and pulls Roxanne off her number one fan and tells her off. Ariana Grace is chatting backstage with Ren Sinclair. Grace says if Sinclair wants to fit in, she's come to the right woman because she's a locker room leader. Fallon Henley rolls up, Ren greets her, and Ariana inadvertently insults Henley a few times before she speaks up. Grace says that she's going to show self-restraint, and Henley says she can show what a leader she is later because she's going to go find Ava Rain and get a match made. We see Electra Lopez and Lola Vice walking separately backstage as we go to break. So, you know, we're continuing on build-up here. Uh, you know, Roxanne gets her revenge for Tatum, you know, putting her through the table the previous week, and we get a little more... Um, you know, backstage stuff with, uh, you know, Fallon is kind of one of the veterans now. We got Ariana Grace with that great character work. And Ren Sinclair, who's shown some uh, glimpses of, of uh, you know, potential here. Uh, what do you think about this little section with this uh, Roxanne and Tatum match and a little backstage stuff? Yeah, the Roxanne-Tatum um, match was pretty much to get Roxanne some revenge and uh, get her a win before uh, she takes on Laura at, at Vengeance Day. So just to, just a momentum builder for sure. And then, uh, obviously, they have the little backstage segment showing uh, Ariana's great character work, like you said, and obviously setting up some kind of an alliance between uh, Ren and Fallon. So I'm um, interested to see where that goes, and uh, good to see um, Ariana getting a match with some a, a girl that's kind of higher up the uh, totem pole than she is. So definitely good to see her get a big spot. Yes, and then we uh, we move on to our Electra Lopez versus Lola Vice. 
match. We had their breakup during the Battle Royal previous week. A couple weeks ago, actually. Action to the floor. Lopez putting Vice into the post. Back inside, Lola with desperate rights, but Electra kicks her off. Kicks cover for two. Lopez with schoolboy for two. Boot up in the corner. Vice with head scissors. Electra deadlifts her into a powerbomb. Lopez pressing the attack. Near fall out of it. Guillotine choke from Lola into punches, but Vice has her with the uh, crescent kick and gets the win via pinfall. Also, you know, Electra had had already appeared on SmackDown, I believe, at this point, and joined Logano del Fantasma. So a little confusing. I think the timing just didn't work out for this, uh, where Lola to kind of like, uh, you know, vanquish Electra from NXT. I think they could. the timing was a little off here, but I still think it works, this match. Um, and we got Donovan Dijak watching tape and taking notes in a garage somewhere when Joe Gacy rolls up. Gacy says this is where he comes to think, and Dijak says he's thinking about kicking his ass before slamming a nightstick on the tail between them. Joe says Donovan's a man of justice. Dijak calls him an unhinged piece of trash. Gacy says he doesn't want anything in life. He just came here to tell him that no matter what he does, he can't get rid of him. He'll just keep crawling back no matter what. Dijak throws a punch, and they brawl around the room. So, I mean, going back to the Lola Electra situation, I really think there's a lot of potential with Lola Vice. I mean, her kicks are really crisp. Uh, I just think that she just needs more time in the ring. Electra, I've always been kind of like, meh on. I think she's fine. I think she's, you know, been a better, I guess, valet up to this point. So really needs to show me more in the ring. And then, you know, Dijak and Gacy still trying to figure out what they what they're doing with those two guys. Kind of don't really know. Uh, Joe Gacy, I think they're trying to rebuild. Dijak, he's one of those. Have we have we talked about it all the time about him. It's like he's really great. Character is 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 not bad, but the guy needs to start getting some wins and stringing them together. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, this match and then this uh, Gacy Dijak stuff? Yeah, kind of like you said with Electra. You know, going up to the main roster before this match, you kind of knew the result uh, no matter what, because they're not going to push the the girl that's already on the main roster uh, and give her a win over the obviously uh, rising talent that is Lola Weiss. Um, yeah, I, I think she has a ton of potential. I think she's probably the next uh, one of the next ones to kind of really emerge towards the top of the card and maybe go for the belt or win the belt uh, within the next year or so. Um, so I, I think she's very good. And like you said, her kicks are really good as well. Um, so excited to see what she does. going. You see, I think I, I see her kind of progressing at the same pace Tiffany did. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I kind of see that like Tiffany showed a lot of potential early on and just took a little time to uh, to get there but she like got there really quick and i think lola is kind of similar mm. in terms of where she is in, to begin and that where she's going how long it'll take her to become put it all together basically like tiffany did so mm. yeah and I, I think tiffany got hurt somewhere in the middle of yeah too, so hurt or, or had some kind of surgery yeah. <laughs> um, so if she can stay uh, healthy or uh, n- not 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 need that, uh, health, I don't think I she guess. does. Uh, I think she's I think she's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if she can stay healthy, um, hopefully uh, she can uh, kind of emerge up the card within the next year or so. Um, and then Dijak, yeah, like you said, he's he's a guy that's 
constantly uh, in in important programs. It seems like, and you know, he always has good matches. Really good uh, and real athletic big, big guy, so he can uh, you know he can do stuff that a lot of the other guys his size can't. So um, definitely a good guy to have on the roster. But um, it just it, it seems like he's constantly just kind of floating there. He's like they they always use him. It seems like so that that's good to know that he's always being used. But he always just it seems kind of somewhat aimless. Um, but yeah, him and Gacy are kind of perfect for each other because they're kind of both in the same uh, the same boat. So um, hopefully they can have a match uh, at the PLE and it, it'll be really good. So um, we'll see. All right. So we move on to Lexus King versus Ridge Holland. Still trying to figure out the whole Ridge Holland thing. Uh, feeling out. Holland drops him with a Larry. Go to break. Back from commercial. Ridge with a fireman's carry. Lexus slips out. Chop blocks him. Larry from Holland out and back in. King with falling elbows and stomps. Northern Lariat. Then we get belly to belly suplexes. Boot up in the corner. Ridge with a boss man slam. Carnation blocked. Headbutt. Fireman's carry. Holland hot shots him. Follows it with knees in the clinch. Northern Lariat. Joe Coffey and the rest of Gallus run in and Ridge takes him out. Throwing coffee in the ring, dumping him out back. King with a super kick. Then we get Lexus King winning by pinfall with a rope hung coronation. Post match, Gallus pulmonizes Holland's leg. When we go backstage, Andre Chase is mourning uh, Blacks to say goodbye to Chase U. Duke Hudson and Raleigh Osborne join him. And then we get Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes uh, chatting backstage. Hayes saying that he's just looking out for him and tells him he has to do. All of his uh, his finish on Dragunov and take that title. William says they've been dancing around each other for much, but tonight they're going to handle things face-to-face. Mel says he'll see soon enough that he's had his back the entire time, and they shake hands. Then we get the sad remnant of Chase U in the ring together. Andre says no one is to blame for Chase U closing by himself, but he wants us to know how grateful he is to have lived his dream. But more than that, to have shared it with each and every one of us. Duke Cousin talks about the positive impact that Andre made on him and tosses it to a memorial video he made for Chase U. Chase takes back over and says this is goodbye for now. And we get J.C. Jane flanked by Thea Hale. Chase said, if you want something said, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman. And she'll be the first to admit that she didn't think she'd fit in with Chase U. But then she came in, maybe she came in a little toxic, but uh-huh. but for the first time in her life, she looked for friends and saw that all the bond they had. Says that she looked not outside her comfort zone, but inside in order to solve their problem. And she has introduces the 2024 ladies of Chase U calendar as a fundraiser. And the models flood the ramp. JC says their predicted sales numbers will not just get Chase U out of debt, but lead them to the promised land. The calendar goes on sale at Vengeance Day. Andre is overwhelmed and hugs JC in the ring. So back to the uh, Lexus. I, I, I'm again, I'm, I'm a fan of Lexus King. I think his ring stuff, yes, needs to get better. But I think he's got the character. He's got the kind of the swarmy dick manipulator part down you know the shit stir and then we got you know ridge and gallus kind of uh you know mixing it up still and then this whole chase you think i i mean if this was all done to sell a calendar that you know hey the damn thing sold out like i don't even know if it's available on shop i know my my son has checked a couple of times um <laughs> but it's yeah the damn thing's been sold out for a while um but you know, Chase U is here here, I guess, for a while again, and kind of interesting to see the direction it's going to go now, because I don't really know what you could do with Andre Chase if you don't have a Chase U. 
So uh, Duke, I'm sure they could repackage Thea. They could do something with you know, she's. They're trying to show her in a different light from the uh, rabid little, uh, you know, pit bull she was. Uh, you know, overexcited uh, kid with uh, Chase U, kind of like you know going under JC's wing to kind of uh, you know what happens to kind of like Sandy at the end of Greece when she gets in with the pink ladies kind of deal. But <laughs> but no, I think it's it, it's. I mean, it's it's making for interesting television at least. Uh, so what are your thoughts on the uh, Alexis King Ridge Hall mass match? And then we get actually a little trick mellow continuing on the slow burn here because we all know what's coming. And then the uh, Chase stuff. Yeah, the, the Holland King match was it was fine. Uh, nothing special. Uh, I, I think both guys worked worked well enough, um, but it, it was just a basic TV match pretty much. Um, like you said, I, I think King, uh, has the character stuff down. He's a, he's a real prick, um, and, uh, a real shit, shit stirrer, like you said, uh, for sure. So I, I think he's got the good character stuff down, but yeah, he, he definitely needs to, uh, get a little bit more exciting in the ring, I guess, uh, is the best way to put it. But, uh, obviously just kind of a way to push Ridge, Ridge's, uh, storyline with, uh, Gallus Ford, cause they got, got, got involved and interfered a little bit, uh, to help Lexus win. Um, and then, you know, yeah, like you said, Carmelo and Trick kind of continuing their story, kind of, you know, continuing to plant the seeds that, uh, something may happen, uh, with them, uh, going forward. And I, you know, I, I've always been a little bit higher on Chase U than I feel like you have been throughout this whole pod. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought this was a really funny segment. Um, and, you know, JC somehow com- coming in, uh, being the heel that she was and, being the person that saved uh, Chase U from despair uh, was quite the uh, quite the uh, character turn for sure. So um, de- definitely something I wasn't expecting uh, when this all started. But um, I'm glad to see it not go. But uh, I almost wonder if the new storyline is going to be like JC maybe trying to take over and making it like JCU instead of Chase U, and it, there being a real power struggle bet- between them two since she kind of saved it. So we'll see. Oh, yeah. If you had asked me, you know, however long ago, if JC Jane would be the one to save Chase U, yeah, I would have been like, no, what, were you crazy? What are you nuts? <laughs> I mean, it's not that I'm down on Chase U. It's just I like well, I, Andre. I, I, I'm I, higher I, on it than you have. Well, I know. You're, you're, you are higher on it. I, yes, I will, I will agree with you. I, I just think like Andre Chase, I, I just I just fear Adam Rose. You know, I fear it's a great thing for NXT, but if you know the guy moves forward, will it work? And what what would he do without Chase U? You know what I mean? Would he become like a manager who could kind of like a Robert Stone who could who could, you know, take bumps and stuff like that? That that's what I'm trying to say about Andre Chase. It's like I like him, I like him in the role. I like Chase U. I just, you know, wonder once it outlives, is is Chase U going to survive until Andre Chase would go up to Raw? Or, you know, if it doesn't survive, what kind of repackage could you do with the guy? That's what I think. I think he's good. He's decent in the ring. He's just, you know, he's been wearing that whole garb, so you don't really get the whole, like, look of him. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, d- I definitely see where you're coming from. Yeah, um, yeah it, it is a very NXT gimmick, so we'll we'll 
we'll have to see what what happens with that. And I, I think the whole gimmick would probably kind of, even if they did stick together, I think it would kind of struggle on the main roster. But um, they they are they are kind of a plucky baby face team, so uh, they are they are interesting to see in this kind of environment. But mm-hmm. we'll see where they kind of move going forward from here. All right, so we get a D'Angelo family vignette where the boys talk up Adriana Rizzo's bona fides. We get Brooks Jensen rolling up to talk to Fallon Henley while she works out. Brooks is basically the, uh, you know, the the lost little puppy here without Fallon and, and Briggs, it seems like. Then we get, uh, you know, Ren Sinclair and Henley walk, working off, go off to uh, work her match. Then we get uh, Chase Yu celebrating their changed fortune backstage. Andre is effusive and his thanks to Jay-Z telling her she didn't just save Chase University, she saved his life. Lexus King arrives to poop their party. He hits on the girls and asks for a signed copy of the calendar. Raleigh Osborne steps up to him and they exchange words. Then we get Joe Gacy and Donovan, Don, Donovan Dijak brawling uh, through with a gaggle of referees following. Then we go out to the ring. We have Ariana Grace versus Fallon Henley. We get Grace posing after an early exchange, arm ringers from Henley into a kneeling arm bar, turning up the heat, slides to the floor, big wind-up right hand, and we go to break. Then we come back with Grace with a headlock. Henley fights out of it, whip across, sidestep a boot, schoolboy for two, whip to the corner, back elbow, fireman's carry. Ariana slips out and lands a Met slam, grinding Fallon's face into the mat. She pops up, Larry's to the floor. Henley cracks her right hand on her jaw. Then we get Jakara Jackson running interference, slash legend blasts Henley with a boot. Ariana crawls over and wins by pinfall with a one-arm pin. Then we get a vignette for Out of the Mud, where Jada Parker talks about her history. And the boys talk about how they're different and people don't like that. Then we go to the performance center where Dijak is being Gacy up on top of a trailer, choking him over the lift of the roof. Joe claws at Donovan's face and gets back to his feet. They trade blows. Then we get Dijak kicking him off the roof to the ground below, and we go to break. So we continue to uh, kind of build up Adriana Rizzo as a new member of the family. We get, um, you know, poor Brooks Jensen right now. And we get Ariana Grace picking up a surprise win over Fallon Henley with thanks to Metaphor. And then we get this crazy Dijak, uh, a little little out of the mud where we're kind of putting together Jada Parker, who kind of seemed like they didn't really build it up uh, to her uh, being part of out of the mud when she uh, kind of got involved with they had that brawl, I think, it was at the restaurant. Right. Wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, she wasn't really had properly been introduced, I think, as part of the part of the group. But then we get, um, you know, uh, this spot here where Dijak is kicking Gacy off the roof. Uh, you know, it looked pretty cool on TV. So uh, what are your thoughts on this whole uh, section here? Yeah, the brawl between Dijak and uh, Gacy throughout the whole episode was a good little through line that happened uh, up until the point where he uh, kicks him off into the into the uh, uh, trash sure. trash bin. Uh, re- really, really good, uh, really good brawl throughout. Uh, and like I said, a good through line that happened throughout the episode, um, kind of interrupting segments throughout. Um, you know, I, I like both groups in the in the six man tag at the PLE kind of, uh, you know, fleshing out the the new female characters in in, in their uh in their groups mm-hmm. um kind of giving them some personality and showing kind of where they came from so the, i like that a little bit um and then yeah poor brooks uh kind of being lost without without his uh you know compatriots that he used to be be with so uh you know uh it, it'll be interesting to kind of see what they do with him 
Um, but Fallon and uh, Briggs seem like they're kind of okay with it, and then Brooks is, you know, kind of lost lost without them all. So, um, and then you know Fallon and Ariana. Uh, it was good to see Ariana get a win uh, against, like I said, a, a girl kind of higher up on the card than her. Obviously, she needed some help, but uh, obviously it shows that they have uh, faith in her and uh, see something in her. So good to see that. Um, but yeah couple of really good segments in a row and the, and the match was pretty good nothing special like i said it's kind of more to push a storyline that they're kind of building with uh the metaphor girls and uh ren and um fallon so a uh, couple of good segments and the match was all, all right pretty good <laughs> yeah not bad for tv it served its purpose yeah. yeah so we got uh corbin and braun chatting backstage uh, Corbin recaps uh, Breaker's time in the Rumble, complains that he had to sit and watch it uh, on Peacock, and the Wolfdogs are better than that. Braun said last week Baron hated the name, and they bicker about it. Baron wants to focus on the now. They both own Mellow, O'Mello one, and Trick is riding high, and they're both going to spear their asses and win tag titles. And we get uh, to our NXT Heritage Cup match here, Noam Dar versus Von Wagner. It goes... A total of four rounds. Uh, in the first round, we don't get any um, pinfalls or, or anything here. Same with uh, in, in round two, we get Noam Dar winning the first pinfall with a Nova roller, uh, ro- roller due to some outside interference from Oro Mensah. Then we get uh, round three where there's uh, some more interference with uh, Lash Legend, Jakara Jackson, but then Fallon Henley and Ren Sinclair come out to play Equalizer. Dara is looking for the knee bar. Vaughn's hanging in there as the countdown timer uh, ticks. So nothing in round three. In round four, we get Wagner clobbering him for a near fall. Action to the floor. Back in. Vaughn blasts him with a boot. Draws him up. Fireman's carry. Noam slips out. Running knee from Wagner. His knee is bugging him, but he's still in the fight. Charging in. Posted hard in the corner. Jack Knight cover. But then Noam Dar wins the second fall via pinfall with a jackknife pin going 2-0 and retain the NXT Heritage Cup. Post-match, we get Dar taunting Robert Stone's kids at ringside and Uncle Von blasts him with a head headbutt. Then clearing the announce table, Dar gets away, but Von powerful Mensa through the table. Then we get Ava Rain chatting with Dijak backstage. He asks for a no-DQ match against Joe Casey. Then he, she, she asks why he thinks Gacy is in any condition to compete, and Joe climbs out of the dumpster. They're standing next to him and says, no disqualification sounds like fun. Ava makes the match official and tells Dijak to leave. So, I mean, the NXT Heritage Cup, I mean, it was it was fine. I, I, it's not really a match, I think, for big men at, at times. It's more for your, uh, you know, your stamina guys here. Uh, which was fine. I mean, it's it's good to see uh, different kinds of opponents for Noam Dar because he never seems to lose this damn thing. And then, um, you know, the whole died, uh, Gacy coming out, I, I'm continuing on that great character stuff. I, I like Joe Gacy. Not saying that he's like, you know, the next Bray, but there's potential there for him to be in that vein. So I hope they really continue on with this guy. Uh, so what what do you think about the uh, this Heritage Cup match and the um, the, the continue on of the Dijak Gacy thing to build up to the PLE? I, you know, with with Vaughn in the Heritage Cup match, it was fine. Um, another win for Noam, uh, showing that he's just clearly better at this style than everybody else. Um, but 
I, I just really want them to either do something with Vaughn or like him just go away for a while because <laughs> <laughs> it, it seemed it seemed like when the Braun th- when he was feuding with Braun it seemed like at some point he was going to beat him and like that was going to be like the thing that kind of propelled him to the next level and he just keeps getting put in these things and he keeps losing and he keeps you know he gets he gets over in the end with the power bomb through the table and the and the you know the NXT arena loves it but like it, it's there's got to be more to it at some point he's got to start getting some wins and he's got to start beating people that are you know he's been around since 2.0 started and you know he immediately got put into a tag team with uh Kyle O'Reilly right when he came in so uh it seems like they've had big things for him since he came in uh so long ago uh, and he still is really not doing anything maybe so, put him back in a tag team put him with like Brooks Jensen or something both yeah, second I mean, gen- both second yeah. generation, you know, build off of that. Yeah, 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 I mean, it's just they, they just need to they need to figure out what they're going to do with him because it seems like you know, like I said, it seemed like there for a little bit they were going to do something, uh, and you know, kind of elevate him with that Braun feud. Then it yeah, just never really false, happened. False, start, he, false starts with him, yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot of false starts, like you said, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I like that uh, I have, I actually started to enjoy Gacy a little bit more with this kind of kooky, you know. Uh, you know, batshit crazy <laughs> character that <laughs> yeah. he's had lately. Um, and we'll get into the match at the PLE, but um, I, I think his uh, in-ring stuff as a face is a little bit uh, maybe better than it was as the like evil cult leader heel that he was kind of doing before. But we'll get to that when we get to the PLE. Yeah. All right. So we get to our last segment of the show. Trick Williams in the ring calling out Dragunov because he's got a lot to say. Dragunov comes down, says he's ready to fight for his life against the hottest WWE superstar, and they will whoop that trick. He offers a hand, and Trick gently pushes it away, says maybe not this time. He thinks Dragunov is even smarter than he looks. He knows Azar is willing to do anything to stay on top. Ilya reminds him that the relationship is built on respect, and Trick says that he thinks Dragunov's been playing him this entire time. Ilya says he didn't know he came out here so that he could be insulted. And talks about how he destroyed his body back in December. Dragunov admits he played mind games, but with Baron Corbin because he made things very personal. And he accuses Trick of being a victim of his own success and says maybe he should be more concentrated about Mello needing him for for the glory when he should be focused on himself. Trick then says they're going to win the Dusty and then he's going to take the tile off him. Aya says that's a sweet little story, but Trick isn't focused right now. And in his honest opinion, their rivalry did more to make Williams who he is than Carmelo ever did. Trick warns him and Ilya threatens that if he sees a small sign of weakness, he'll destroy Williams piece by piece. Trick says there's no one who could destroy what he built and this isn't the same Trick Willie he fought last time. This Trick Williams knows what's his and he's going to fulfill his destiny. Dragunov says he loves this look because he knows Williams will give him everything he has and he'll make history but not the history he wants. Trick says, may the best man win, offers a handshake, while Ilya gladly supercase before pulling him in for a hug. Braun and Baron appear out of nowhere and beat them up, but Carmella Hayes makes the save. Baby faces run the heels off, and Trick confronts Ilya while Carmella just looks on, and that closes the show. So, really great continuing build. I love Dragunov in that, you know, you you have to earn my respect to, to, to for me to give it to you, and Trick has earned it. He's earned my respect because I was not high on Trick a while ago. I was like, oh, he's a corner guy, you know, who sees. And then he just started getting better in the ring. He started getting that character, getting away, trying to become, starting to become his own man. So I really do enjoy Trick now. 
and I think Dragunov, uh with that that suit wearing, and I, I you know I think he's going to do a lot of great things on the main roster when he gets up there. And you know, continuing on with uh, you know Corbin and Braun kind of sticking their nose in it and Mello lurking in the background, I think it's going to make for an interesting PLE. Uh, what are your thoughts on the close of the show? Yeah, really strong closing segment. Um, yeah, just just good back and forth between both guys. And yeah, like you said, Trick was not somebody that I saw even probably six, seven months ago as 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 a guy that could uh, be in this uh, kind of situation in the in the in the top title picture and you know possibly being somebody that could win it. Um, so yeah, he's definitely really emerged uh, over the last year and re- really really uh, come into his own um, character wise and like you said in ring he's he's getting better and better every time he goes out there so um, yeah j- just a a star in the making for sure and you know Ilya um, is the champion for a reason he's really good uh, he's really good in ring uh, he's really good at playing these mind games and kind of getting in his opponent's head in these kind of promo face to face kind of situations so uh, real, was really looking forward to this one uh, after this segment for sure alright then moves on to NXT Vengeance Day from February 4th show opens with a usual video package breaking down the nice festivities and we are live from Clarksville Tennessee I don't know how many people would understand a last train to Clarksville reference since that was the monkeys and most of y'all probably never even heard of the monkeys. <laughs> so we open up with the final. I'm a believer. Okay, good. Good. Um, you know, are you a daydream believer though? <laughs> Let's not get too crazy. All right. So, <laughs> hey, we're going down monkeys rabbit hole. Not, not good. Not good. You know, all right. Anyway, so we open the show with Trick Mellow Gang versus Wolf Dogs for the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic Finals, and the winner gets a title shot. We get Braun and Hayes to start side headlock, shot off Braun with a big shoulder block. Soon enough, the match breaks down. Trick Mellow Gang send the Wolf Dogs packing. Trick gets two on Baron with a neck breaker, whip across, big knee from the big man. He gets some breathing room. Tag to Mellow, right hands, whip across, ducks a lariat. Hayes lights him up. Match breaks down again with Corbin with a Death Valley driver. Hayes dives on him. Braun takes him out with a back suplex drop into an ace crusher. Out of that, everybody do something cool territory. Braun takes Mello out with a big lariat, grinds him down with a chin lock in the aftermath. We get a snap suplex, float over into a pin, breaking it immediately. Breaker does push-ups and tags Corbin. We got working Hayes over some length. He opens a path and tags in trick. Right hands to Corbin with reverse crossbody on Braun. Flapjack on Baron. But Trick's knee comes up, lame. Bookend connects, not enough. Trick Mel still running hot. Low bridge. Williams takes Baron out. Hayes with a code breaker. Then we get Trick legal. Mello breaks up a pin. He's end of days. Deep six on Williams. Trick's lips busted open. Breaker tags in. It takes the baby faces out with somersault senton. Back inside, pairing off the, the, the turnbuckles. Hayes sends Braun packing, but Baron intercepts nothing but net. Trick takes him out. Breaker's in. And the Wolf Dogs win by a pinfall with a spear from Braun Breaker on Kamala Hayes winning the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic and earning a shot at the NXT Tag Team titles. I thought this was a great opener, great match. Um, all the guys brought it. We definitely had, a, you know, power versus finesse. And <laughs> the right team won to continue the story and to, uh, you know, get, maybe get Corbin some gold. So uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, match? Yeah, I was saying Mello kind of sacrifices himself yep. at the end to uh, take the pin. So, uh, 
you know, maybe if you came in thinking that, you know, Trick was, or uh, Mello was going to turn on Trick, maybe this would kind of get you confused a little bit, maybe seem like he really was on Trick's side, so, uh, but we'll get to that later in the night. Um, but yeah, Braun and Baron needed to win this. Um, it, it was a, it, it was, you know, kind of tailor-made for them to win the whole thing. Um, so, because they're just a powerhouse team, and they kind of mowed through their competition up to this point. And uh, this was a really great match, like you said. Um, you know, people are going to look at the the fact that Baron Corbin is in the match and kind of, you know, automatically kind of, you know, uh, discount it because of that. But, you know, he brought his end on this, um, and Braun uh, is a star in the making. Um, he has been for a long time, so uh, I think this even this this proved that he, even more that he can even be a tag guy if he needs to be. Um, and then you know Carmelo and Trick are uh, a great team, have a ton of chemistry with each other, uh, and have been for a while. So um, yeah, really strong opener to this, uh, and I definitely think this was the this was the right match to start the to start the show with because uh, it was it was hot and it got got the crowd super excited. So definitely really really good stuff. Yeah, and they had to anyway. Trick's wrestling twice. He has to open in the he has to wrestle in the opener. True, true. You know, to, in order to give the guy a breather. <laughs> <laughs> they could have done it back to back. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Iron Man. Why not? <laughs> you, know, you want to prove something, son? Yeah, do two matches in a row. <laughs> Iron Man, that shit. Gauntlet it. Come on. <laughs> All right. So we move on to Donovan Dijak versus Joe Gacy. No DQ match. Dijak has nightstick, brandish it, leading Gacy to whip uh, collapsing baton out, shake it open. They clash, drop their weapons. Donovan gets the advantage in the exchange, slamming Joe. Gacy then throws him to the floor. Freight train diving cross body, and the chainsaw goes under the ring. Gets a few trash cans, a few chairs, four rolls of duct tape. A little back and forth. Gacy gets a bucket of toys out, places toy soldiers on a table before dumping out the entire bucket of soldiers and Hot Wheels. Dijak fights them off. Hits Cyclone Kill on the floor. Back in the ring, Death Valley Driver. We get Joe gets trapped in a trash can, kicking him, telling him to stay down, but he won't do it. Stomps and elbows to the trash can, denting it around his torso, back to his feet. Dijak off the ropes. Joe bends over, rams the trash can into him, punches into the corner. Saido suplex, pulling himself up. Uranagi for two, whips into the corner, back body drop to the apron. Dijak cuts him off, but Gacy hip checks him off the apron through the table, loaded with toys. Back inside, Dijak cuts Joe off, choke slam into a chair. Dijak headed up top. Gacy cuts him off under him. And we get a high-angle German superplex. And then we get Gacy having duct tape. He blinds Dijak with it, looping around his head and covering his eyes. Joe gets a pair of kendo sticks and wails on Donovan unholy. Handspring Dijak ducks the upside down. Backbreaker wrap. Feast for your eyes connects, but he can't find Gacy to make the pin. Dijak then tears the duct tape off his head. And we turn to see Gacy hanging upside down. The turnbuckles leering at him. Duck under, DDT on a chair. Joe goes up top, diving splash onto a chair. Donovan cuts him off with a nightstick to the midsection. Feast for your eyes connects um, connects a second time. And we get Dijak wing the pinfall with feast your eyes. So this was, you know, crazy, this match. Lots of great spots. You know, the toys, the duct tape. I was thinking, um, you know, how terrible I am with, with memory. So you're going to have to uh, correct me here on this one. Whatever WrestleMania it was, it was... Uh, you know, Martel versus Jake with the where they had the blindfolds on, the hoods on. I was getting, yeah, I was getting, I was getting um, shades of that there with uh, Dijak mm-hmm. and Gacy in the uh, the can. I think Gacy and in EO have the uh, I'm in a trash can, um, you know, market cornered here with how they uh, they act in it. 
because I thought it was a lot of fun. And, you know, Jack wins. G- Gacy's one of those guys that can suffer losses because with him it's not about wins and losses. I think Jack being as good as he is and, you know, where he was back before 2.0 uh, had started with the you know those classics he was having with Keith Lee and all that potential and then that that crap in retribution and then him going back and getting repackages like people are just hoping for this guy he's like one of those you want to see him do well because he's been so good in the ring he's been you know killing it and you just want to see everything kind of come together for him and I think he gets a big win here what do you think yeah, he's very consistent. Like he's never gonna disappoint you. Um, if if he has a match on the on a big stage like that, he's always gonna bring his all. Um, always gonna have a good match. And you know, this is t- technically probably not a great match, but it was super fun. It was a garbage brawl. Tons of weapons were were uh, used and stuff like that. This is the best I've seen Gacy be. Kind of kind of how I, what I was alluding to earlier. Uh, I think he works in the ring a little better as a face, especially the kooky kind of wacky baby face that he is now with being kind of kind of insane um or or whatever his character is really supposed to be um but yeah i I definitely think him him as a face score works a little better uh for his in-ring style so i I think he really showed out in this one um but yeah dijak getting the win here made a lot of sense and uh you know we'll see we'll see where it kind of leads him after this but um yeah, really, really fun match. Um, that that was the thing I came out of it uh, thinking the night that it that it aired because we talked a lot in the chat about it because I think I think that's this is the show that a lot of there are the most people have watched uh, that we kind of could talk about it a lot in the in the chats that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that was my th- initial thought was just it was fun. You know, it was fun to watch and it just had a bunch of fun. Uh, you know, watching these two guys go after it with weapons and. Uh, all kinds of stuff. So good, good match. Yeah, it's not, it's not your, you know, your your work rate classic here. It's just, it was a spectacle. It was a fun brawl, and it was meant to entertain, and it did. Yep. Um, all right, so we go to the booth where Chase U is selling their pinup calendar. JC Jane says they're almost sold out. The venue about to be on WWE shop tomorrow. Then we get uh, Obafemi uh, working out backstage. We want to our. Mixed tag match, the D'Angelo family, Adriano Rizzo, Channing Stacks, Lorenzo, and the Don Tony D'Angelo versus Out of the Mud, Bronco Nima, Jada Parker, and Lucian Price. And we get Rizzo and Parker illegal while the boys brawl on the floor, whip into the corner, Jada Blaster with palm strikes and double jump sent Senton. Tag to them, D'Angelo throws Stacks into Nima for a near fall. The match totally breaks down, family are in control, beating down all three of their opponents at the same time. Out of the Mud. Are out the monster, excuse me. Turn the tide, Pride Price with a reverse chin lock on Channing, tag to Bronco, working over at length, forcing the Don to break up a pin. We get a Cobra twist, knees, Channing rolls up and tags out. Tony in hot with lariats, belly to belly suplexes, Rizzo off the top, crossbody takes the OTAM boys out, and D'Angelo heads after to pick up the pieces, blocking a dive from Scripps back inside for a thrust spine buster, Fisherman's lip, and we get the D'Angelo family winning by pinfall with a fisherman buster from Tony D'Angelo on Lucian Price. Um, it was a fine uh, six-person mixed tag match. I think Rizzo and Jada are still fairly green in the ring. Uh, and, and I think also the OTM guys are still on on their way. I mean, Tony and and, and Stax, are, are, they've been really, they've really stepped up their game. I mean, they've been 
you know, if you have a conversation about most improved of 2023, I think those two guys would probably be in there. But both of us, I think, had picked OTM in this match, and we were wrong, um, maybe because of what's probably going to happen on uh, an upcoming episode of uh, of NXT. But I, th- I thought it was fine. It wasn't a bad match, but, uh, you know, it, c- it could have been better. But I, I still enjoyed it. What do you think? Yeah, it was it was fine. Um, it, it it was as good as I think it probably could have been, uh, considering, like you said, the the girls are both kind of green. I think Jade is a little bit further along than maybe Rizzo is. I think Rizzo's supposed to be more of a character. Uh, she's she's going to wrestle, obviously. Obviously, they have that plan for her. Um, but I, I definitely think she's supposed to be more of a manager, kind of uh, backstage, kind of handler of 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 assets and stuff like that for the family. Definitely uh, reminds me of, of girls I knew growing up. Trust me, <laughs> where I'm from, it's yeah. I know I knew my fair share of age around Rizzo's, and I I think she's got the character stuff down pretty damn good. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think she's supposed to be more of kind of you know just a, a character within within the family. I don't know that she's going to wrestle all that often, but you could definitely tell she was green for sure. Um, but the the only reason I really I, I picked OTM before because I, I just figured with it being non title that would be a good reason to give them a big win on a big stage. Um, but like you said, may, maybe because of what happens uh, going forward, uh, they wanted to give uh, Stax and Tony D that one last win. Uh, so, but we'll get to that. All right. So then we get a uh, vignette for Keanu James and Izzy Dane laying out the strategy for targeting the NXT World Championship. We get Mello and Trick in Trainers Room, and Mello is saying all the right things about how Trick wants to fight Ilya, and he's going to have to accept the Hell in the Dusty Classic. Trick thanks him, and Mello anticipates him asking to do it by himself, but Trick says he needs his brother by his side as he wins the NXT Championship. And we move on to our next match, which is the four of the NXT Women's Championship, Lara Valkyria, defending against Roxanne Perez. We start off with a collar elbow, waistlock, standing switch, Valkyria with a takedown, shift to a front chancery, reverse, Lyra sells in on an armbar after some back and forth, Perez reverses it to a big head scissors, but Lyra springs out of it in a stalemate. Roxanne headlock takeover off the ropes. Satellite Tierras takes him down. Perez off the ropes. Valkyria clobbers her with an elbow from the floor. Off the ropes herself. Wrecking ball drop kick. T- takes her challenger out. Back inside. Roxanne Luthez press into mad punches. Right hands in the corner. Double jump. Moonsault. Can't put champ away. Strikes in the corner. Lyra shoves her back. Boot up. Running fisherman buster connects for two. Going for another. Reverse to a small package for two. La Casadora denied, rolling soul butt, trap German suplex from Valkyra. Then we get music hitting, and it's Lola Vice running down, bring her contract, and to make the match a triple threat, doing her best Seth Rollins impersonation here. And it turns into a triple threat match with Lola Vice, Lara Valkyria, and Roxanne Perez all competing for the NXT Women's Championship. Lola takes Lara out with a crescent kick, trading pins with Perez. Block Pop Rock, sleeper hold, takes Roxanne down, counter with the Brett Roddy pin only for two. Crescent kick, two count train, triage choke, and Valkyria is up top. Splash breaks it up, but Perez, you know, uh, breaks the pin. Lyra and Roxanne slugging it out. Kick combo, champion holding court with her strikes. Then Vice ducks and Inziguri. Speedball kicks in the corner. Perez pulls her away and lands an uppercut, but gets back to the corner with more kicks. Running hip attack on Perez, one of Valkyria as well. Roxanne sidesteps and lands a knee. We get a side Russian leg sweep DDT combo, puts Perez in the catbird seat. 
fired up off the ropes. Suicide dive on Lola, one of Valkyria. She goes up top, diving crossbody. Lara rolls through and hosses her up onto her shoulders. Nightwish connects, but Lola breaks it up, tries to steal a pin. Sunset flip from Valkyria on Vice. Lola slips the crescent kick in, but Lara Valkyria kicks out. Vice then wants the cross armbar. Lyra rolls her over into a pin, reverse roundhouse. Perez then rolls her up for two, up and over. Pop Rocks connects, and Tam Paxley breaks it up for her, her idol. Lyra ducks a crescent kick, fireman's carry. And then Lyra Valkyria wins via pinfall with Nightwish on Lola Vice, retaining the NXT Women's Championship. Um, I really enjoyed this match. I didn't know you could cash in um, you know, your breakout tournament uh, contract, much like Money in the Bank, but it worked here. I thought it was good. Lola, you know, held her own in there. I think it protects uh, Roxanne and, uh, you know, still gets Lyra the victory and continues Roxanne's kind of push towards the uh, the dark side, so to speak, of the force. But, you know, and, and Lola, you know, she belonged. She showed that she belonged there. I mean, she's not exactly there yet, but with those two, uh, you know, real established veterans, it's really funny calling Roxanne Perez a veteran. Um, she... You know, held her own. So I thought it was a, a good match and a surprising uh, match, be it with uh, making it a triple threat. What do you think? Yeah, I was very surprised when uh, Lola came out and uh, tried to cash in, like like you said, like kind of like Seth Rollins uh, did successfully all, all those years ago. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely think it saves uh, Roxanne from taking a pinfall, but it also kind of pushes her uh, thought process forward, like the whole thing going into this. If she never had a one-on-one title match after she had the title taken away from her due to injury. It's always been multi-persons or like the ladder, uh, the big ladder match that they had at Stand and Deliver last year. So she's never really had that one-on-one, and this was going to be her opportunity to go one-on-one with somebody. Uh, and even now, uh, Lola cashes in in the middle of the match. So she, she, didn't, she didn't even end up taking the pin or uh, getting beat at all. So she still kind of has that gripe, and it can kind of push her, like you said, kind of further to the dark side. But, yeah, really entertaining match. Um, I, I think the addition of Lola in the middle – uh, definitely gave it a little uh, a little boost. Um, the match was going well before that, but I think definitely think that made it uh, a little bit more exciting and, uh, you know, threatened the idea that maybe Lyra wasn't walking out with the championship uh, and gave the crowd maybe an opportunity to cheer a new champion or something like that. So um, definitely added a little boost to it uh, there in the middle. So, but yeah, really good stuff all, all together. Um, but I think we'll definitely see Roxanne and Lyra go at it again. This is see, this is where I call for I continue my my campaign for a secondary women's title. Like one in NXT, maybe one on the main roster. You gotta give the women something else to fight for, I think, because there are so many women. It's so crowded at the top. You know what I mean? Like there's only a few that you can see that would would be a, a, a world champion. But if you have that NXT Women's North American, or you have that Women's Intercontinental, Women's U.S. Champ. I think it just opens more up for the, for the ladies. You know, that's that's just my personal opinion. Because I, I, I could have seen, like, similar to how Oba Femi came and cashed in, won the NXT North American title. I could have seen her, Lola Vice, you know, winning, you know, cashing it in to become the uh, a North American Women's Champion if they had it. You know, that's just my uh, little personal thought there. All right. 
So we go backstage. We get Riley Osborne rolling up to the Chase U calendar booth to ask Thea Hale to be his Valentine. She adorably uh, accepts. We get a cryptic vignette saying man has three faces, one for the world, one for the family, and a real one no one sees that reflects the evil he possesses with no further explanation. I have no idea who that could be. Do you have any idea who that's going to be? No clue. Uh, I I couldn't even hazard a guess, honestly. (laughs) Cool. Well, we will be pleasantly surprised. And that moves us on to our next match, which is for the NXT North American Championship. Dragon Lee challenges Oba Femi. Kind of a uh, big man, little man, you know, to the utmost uh, thing here. We get Lee diving out the gate, punches across against the announced death springboard, and Femi cuts him off, pulls him down. Back inside, Dragon cuts him off with a drop kick, punches in the corner, back by a drop to the apron, instantly connects. Lee back up, diving crossbody, Oba catches him, goes for a lawn dart, but Dragon slips out and posts him. Drop kick to the back, rolling him through, folding press for two. Double stomp connects, still no, straight suplex from the champion. He sends Lee to the floor, but the challenger breaks up the countdown. Then we get Dragon Lee up, rock bottom, backbreaker, jawbreaker, gets Lee some separation, looking for a DDT. He reverses into an octopus hold in the middle of the ring, pulling back on Oba's arm. Femi desperate, breaks up by biting the top rope. Lee in the corner, boot up, thrust, kicks, and Zaguri, tornado DDT connects. Jumbo knee, cover for two. Lee gets him up for the Liger Bomb, but Femi kicks out, fighting on the apron. Rising knee from Dragon sends Oba to the floor, but a big overhand chop swats Lee off the apron. Oba then takes Dragon out on the floor, back inside, back suplex lift, reverse into a Hurakarana. And we get Femi with a big lariat, scoop lift, lawn dart, back suplex, lift into a powerbomb pop-up. And Oba Femi defends his, successfully defends his North American Championship by pinfall with a pop-up jackknife powerbomb. Uh, I thought this match was good. You know, there's one thing that I, I guess that I don't realize uh, sometimes in my head when I'm watching people in, in NXT, especially the ones that are fresh off the breakout tournament, these they've been they've been around for the while. We just not have seen them. They wouldn't be ready for TV. I wouldn't ready to be any spots if they if they weren't ready. You know what I mean? Like Sean Hunter, whoever else, they wouldn't be putting them out there. And Oba's a, a good big man off the bat. I mean, you know, you you kind of knew Dragon Lee wasn't gonna have a chance being that he's also a main roster guy, and he was kind of a stopgap, I think, with um with the release of of uh, Ali, and um no, I think I think Femi's good. I did not see him being a heel uh, at first, but I kind of kind of dig his uh, his promos as a heel right now, and I thought you know he held his own. He, he you know he hadn't been. I mean, he probably couldn't have a match more than five minutes up to this point. So it showed that he he does have some stamina and he can hang there for a while with a uh, with a guy who's much smaller and quicker than he is. But uh, what do you think about the match? Yeah, he definitely impressed me. Um, you know, this match went ten minutes, so it was much longer than any match he had had up until that point. So um, definitely was impressed by, like you said, his stamina and the fact that he was able to kind of hang with Dragon Lee this this whole match. Um, but yeah, this this was to put over how dominant he is, uh, continue his uh, title reign, and just kind of push that he's going to be a force uh, going forward. So definitely a good performance by him, uh, and this makes me excited to see more of him for sure. Oh, yeah. We got Lexus King at the Chase U booth being creepy. I see a hell and Riley Osborne comes to the defense. We get a brawl breaking out. Osborne puts King's face through a table before security shows up to break it up. Then we get Ava Rain interviewed backstage about being general manager, how she's quite happy how the show is gone. 
We have footage from Tuesday of Malik Blade doing his homework and sharing the five things he liked about their Dusty Classic match <laughs> and five things that he didn't like when actually when Nathan Frazier rolled to set up a match between them. We cut to Lola Vice and Roxanne Perez brawling backstage as referees and road agents try to break them up. And we move on to our main event for the night. We get Ilya Dragunov defending against Trick Williams for the NXT Championship. All right, let's let's dug in because this is a good one. So we get Williams in hard with right hands, back elbow from the champion, back fist, block, scoop, and a slam from Trick. Dragunov floats over another slam, waist lock, back elbow, swat, a drop kick away. Ilya back to the waist lock, but Williams breaks up with arm drag and lands a drop kick. Big Larry from the champion, machine gun drop, chops in the corner, running face wash follows, big chop. Ilya is busted open bad, pouring blood from his nose. To the match, blood pouring from Trick's reopen. Mouth wound, waist lock, takedowns. Williams breaks free. Dragunov sends him to the floor with a face wash. Back up on the apron, fireman's carry. Carmelo beside himself as Dragunov lands a Death Valley driver. Back inside, Trick defiant. Integrity blocks the H-bomb. Codebreaker connects, trading forearms from their knees and to their feet. Williams has his hand, puts him up. Dragunov slips out and lands a knee. Constantine special blocked. Integrity connects, flying forearm from the challenger. Eddie's wildly, but still in the fight. Action to the floor. Ilya cuts him off. Hayes gets involved. Dragunov decks him, and Carmel accidentally chop blocks his best friend in the right, right in the bad knee. Back inside, Trick with a neckbreaker. He's hurting, but he's not done. H-bomb on his own. Cover for two. Waiting in the corner. Charging in. Trick Willie's knee gives out. Ilya lands a jackknife powerbomb. H-bomb follows it up, dragging Trick towards the corner. Foot first. Diving H-bomb, but Williams is still fighting. Roll under the Tobito Moscow. Jumping knee so close. We get the ref down. Trick hits his knee, but has Ilya down for about a 10 count. Replacement ref comes out. He's too late. Waist lock back elbow from Trick. Dragging off with a running Lee. Another H-bomb, and both men are down. And the star off the top. Trick got his knees up. Williams fired up in the corner. So dragging off, they charge. Mid-air collision. Torpedo Moscow got the better of it, and it's over. Ilya dragging off wins via pinfall with Torpedo Moscow retaining the NXT Championship. Then we get... Uh, in the ring after the match, Carmelo going forward to forward with Trick and reassures him that he was close and he's his boy and Trick Melo getting forever. But then he chop blocks the bad knee out from under Trick. Melo goes out from under the ring, grabs a steel chair, wails on Trick's knee over and over. Hayes unfolds the chair, sits on it while Trick rides in pain. We get fuck you, Melo chance uh, going up throughout the whole arena. And we get the long-awaited heel turn, the breakup of Trick Melo. After a fantastic match. I mean, these guys have been putting it on. You know, I think the way the story is getting uh, told, they're um, they're doing it right. Because, you know, most of us by now would have figured out oh, Trick's going to win it. Blah, blah, blah. No, I think uh, what's to come in the next two episodes that we're going to talk about, I think it's being played out perfectly. Dragunov has been tremendous in his role with playing the, uh, you know, the the champion that you have to earn his respect. He's just a man of honor. That's what he is. He's not. A, he's a. He's a baby face, but he's not uh, like a milk toast baby. Not, not like a pushover baby face. He's like, no, you gotta. You gotta prove yourself to me. And once you do, you get my respect. And Trick, you know, played the whole uh, you know injury thing up, and I think that turn was done to perfection. What are your thoughts on the close of this? Uh, this this uh, yeah, main event match and the uh, actions after. 
Yeah, the match was incredible. Um, I, I think everybody we talked to on a regular basis uh, was really, really excited by this one, really, really loved this match, and uh, came out of it uh, really loving Trick Williams. Uh, was were really behind him, and uh, I've, I've heard nothing but good things about, about him since since this uh, match aired, and, and obviously talked great about Ilya as well because he's just an awesome champion and an awesome wrestler. Uh, all around, uh, without a doubt. So, um, yeah, just a really great match. Definitely trick. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like he's broken out before this, but uh, the, definitely a, 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 just another. He broke, broke out to another level in, in this one, showing that he can have these main event matches uh, sell really well. Um, you know, you know, kick out uh, at the perfect times, and you know, just just sell sell a lot of good good things throughout the match. Um, and yeah, the turn afterwards—it's it, it, something we've all seen coming for a while. Um, but I think they—they they did executed it well, like you said. And I think throughout the weeks uh, to come that we'll talk about, uh, they do uh, an even better job of kind of pushing this forward and uh, showing us where we might go uh, as we build towards uh, Mania season and stand stand and deliver uh, season. So uh, definitely a really great way to end the show. And this is honestly one of the probably. One of the best PLEs they've done since probably the 2.0 uh, era has started. So I, I think it's definitely up there with maybe uh, the first stand and deliver after they did 2.0. So just really strong stuff, and I, I really enjoyed the show overall. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, it's rare that we get disappointment with an NXT PLE, and glad to see that they're, you know, they're back out on the road and they're. They're killing it in the arenas. I mean, you know, I went to one not that long ago, had a great time. And, yeah, I think I think they're really I, – I would love to see not more – maybe a little more frequency between them. I know they try to, you know, keep the uh, old things alive like Halloween Havoc and all that stuff and, and um, doing them, the special episodes of NXT TV. But I, I wouldn't mind seeing the PLEs a little more frequently. I think they're doing them, what, about every other month or every – 12, 10 weeks or something like that, right? It seems like there's about six a year, so whatever, how, however that would work out uh, through yeah. 12 months. But, um, yeah, it seems like they've – it seems like they at least have a big show every month, but it's it, it's it's either the big show, maybe just a special episode of TV. But um, So I think, they, I think they probably technically have 12 shows, but it's it – Six of them maybe re- regular TV episodes that just have a little bit more hype behind them, and then six of them maybe uh, you know a PLE on a weekend or something like that. All right, moving on to the NXT show from February sixth. Show opens with Carmella Hayes limping his way down the entry ramp, holding a steel chair, gets in the ring and unfolds it, taking a seat with a mic in hand, letting the booze and the fuck you mellow chance ring down on him for a while, while standing back up, fully the chair back up and deciding to leave then we get the wolf dogs at ringside with the dusty cup to celebrate braun insists the ring announcer come over and announce them properly they cut a promo where they uh, chafe against each other the odd couple style before calling out the d'angelo family then we get axiom and nathan frazier interrupting seemingly just for their scheduled match against enofe and blade just to make sure to draw out the wolf dogs and that leads us on to our opening contest axiom and nathan frazier versus enofe and blade and we get 
the uh, wolf dog sticking around to be on commentary. We get Enofe and Axiom to start feeling out back and forth, trading back elbows, arm drag, and drop kick from the logical loot store. But he can't keep Idris down. Side headlock, Enofe to his feet, blind tag from Frazier, off the shoot again, blade tags in. Nathan throwing kicks everywhere, and we go to break. Back from commercial, Axiom with the advantage on Enofe. Tag to Frazier, kick up, sets up a German suplex, final cut connects. We get a cover off a flying back elbow, only two, reverse chin lock applied. Idris fights out to his feet and elbows, reaches for the tag, denied. Nathan slides under, diving axe handle, running shooting star press. Then we get a bunch of dives, Phoenix splash, Idris breaks it up. We go to another commercial break, then we get Blade gets the tag. No favor with a fireman's carry, Frazier slips out, Axiom runs interference, superplex. Roll through it to chasing the dragon. So close. We get Frazier with a splash. Axiom off the top. Malik gets a boot in. He just tags in. 450 splash. Tag to Axiom. And we get Axiom and Nathan Frazier winning via pinfall when Axiom hits the golden ratio on Idris Nofe. We get a post-match. Wolf Dogs hitting the ring. Beating down Axiom and Nathan Frazier. So good open with, uh, you know, mellow, not saying a word. Just keep building, building that heat up. And we get the Wolf Dogs, of course, get their their shine here. And we get a couple of the two teams that we have. I mean, I, I like, I really do like the Axe and Nathan Frazier team. I think they need a name. And, you know, this is the team. Now, the other team, Enofe and Blade, where we've kind of been down on them a bit. But I this is kind of, I think this is their best match today. I really did enjoy this tag match. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, this is definitely uh, 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 their best match today, like you said. Um, Axiom and Nathan Frazier, they probably need to be a tag team going forward. I think they have a ton of chemistry with each other, um, and obviously they can put on great matches. They had great matches in the uh, Dusty Cup, and they have had before that. Um, obviously, maybe they'll be somebody that, uh, you know, Braun and uh, Baron will face in the future uh, after because of the post-match attack that they happened. Um, and, yeah, you know, Melo not saying really anything to begin the begin the show. And I even heard that, you know, they were chanting, fuck you, Melo, at the beginning. And uh, I think I think I heard that they told the crowd that if they didn't stop, they were going to take it off the air. So uh, it got a little got a little dicey there at the beginning of the uh, show. Um, but, yeah, you know, really great match to start things out. And like I said, it, it, they're obviously uh heading towards a rematch with Braun and Baron based on the post-match attack. So definitely looking forward to something like that. And yeah, and again, Blade and Anofe really, really showed out in this one and took advantage of the spot that they were given. Yeah, very good. All right, so we see Dragunov walking backstage. We go to break, come back. Dragunov makes the entrance, gets on the mic, says he just doesn't respect Trick Williams. He likes him. But no matter how much he likes him, he couldn't let him slay the rat mad dragon. Trick gave him everything he has, but if one and if one man could beat him, he'd be a worthy champion. But now there's just one person he wants to call down here, Carmelo Hayes. He says Hayes has been attacking him with false accusations for months, and now they can all see his true colors. He couldn't handle seeing his friends reach new heights in NXT, and he calls him out and says he'll go beyond breaking him and calls him a traitorous son of a bitch. Carmelo doesn't answer, but Dijak does. says he'll beat Ilya. Uh, he bets Ilya saw what he did to Joe Casey, and he likes to call himself Besieger, but he'll be sitting there with his broken nose. He has to be feeling at least a little. And then he learned what it takes to break a man who he thinks is unbreakable. Dragunov fires back, but Dijak cuts him off with a punch to the nose, and we got a brawl. Security manages to pull them apart with Ilya's face bloody again. 
Here we get J.C. Jane and Thea Hale backstage talking about the success of Chase U pinup calendar. When Thea realizes Riley Osborne's match is next and she should go watch it, J.C. advises against it, saying he's already her Valentine and she'll come off desperate. And Thea decides to go along with Operation Hard to Get. So, you know, a bunch of uh, continuing on with some storyline stuff here. We get Dragon off here and we get you know what we think will probably be his next challenger, which will be Carmelo Hayes. And we get Dijak, you know, kind of, I guess, the uh, the interim challenger here until he gets what he wants. And continuing on the whole uh, Chase U calendar and Riley Osborne and um, Thea Hale uh, budding romance. Uh, so what are your thoughts here on, on this uh, all pretty much storyline stuff in this section? Yeah, I was definitely excited about, about the idea of a, a Dragunov uh, Dijak match uh, based on this confrontation. Uh, so definitely looking forward to talking about that one. Um, and then, yeah, you know, JC kind of telling Thea to play hard to get uh, and not go out there for uh, Riley's match was uh, possibly bad, bad, uh, bad advice. But, um, you know, obviously we'll see where that goes going forward. But, um, you know. Hopefully, Fia and Riley work out the, uh, for, for for both of them. But um, yeah, you know, Dragunov obviously is building like this something with Carmelo. But uh, like you said in the interim, it, it'll be exciting to see him work with uh, Dijak. All right. So we get Lexis King making his entrance. We go to break. We get uh, back commercial. Robert Stone, Bob Wagner talking about Bond's loss to Noam Dark. Stone says losing the match isn't the worst part. He hates the way his kids were treated. The kids pop up and suggest he fights Noam Dar and a tag team chant breaks out. Robert agrees to it. One of his kids suggesting a sneak attack. We get Lexus King versus Riley Osborne. Feeling out, trading chops. Osborne gets the better of the exchange and drop kicks Lexus to the floor. Off the ropes, Quirks go drive, dive, excuse me, on the apron, trading kicks, and Lexus shoves Riley off. Into the announce desk, Osborne on the comeback, Chase Yu cheering for him as he goes up top, but King cuts him off with a super kick, hanging him off the top rope. And we get Lexus King winning by pinfall with an avalanche coronation. We go backstage, Kiana and Izzy are holding court, talking trash about Kalani Jordan. When the girl that's been hanging out with Edith Snowfame and like Blade rolls, rolls up with a beverage, and Izzy requis, requis, takes it from her for Kiana. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't. Words are hard. Um, James then suddenly remembers she doesn't like coffee. Pours it out to the girl's shock. And I'm what's that girl's name again? Um, uh, Brinley Reese. Brinley Reese. That's right. And we get in the ring. We get. Um, well, we'll we'll pause there because we're about to get on to something. So, any thoughts on the uh, little some of the backstage stuff here and uh, Lexus King versus Osborne? No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Osborne uh, King match. I, I believe that's a rematch of the breakout tournament. I think that's how Riley got to the finals. Um, yeah. So uh, de- definitely uh, good to see them kind of rematch again because I think that one kind of ended by def- nefarious means. Uh, so good to see uh, Lexus kind of get his win back. Um, obviously, you know the the ending that uh, Riley was distracted by the fact they didn't see Thea in the. Uh, in the uh in the crowd so he was he was kind of heartbroken by that fact um but uh yeah lexus gets a win um another one to build on his resume um and then yeah it's good to see them kind of pushing kiana and izzy uh uh, and obviously kiana seems like she's going to be somebody that's going to contend for the title uh coming pretty soon uh hopefully uh she'll 
you know, continue to be pushed kind of towards that direction uh, with Izzy as kind of her heavy muscle uh, kind of person. And yeah, Brindley with her bubbling po- positivity just gets on everybody's nerves. And uh, yeah, just that was a, that was a pretty funny segment. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, the match was fine. And yeah, the storyline stuff just, you know, it, it served its purpose. Oh, yeah. All right. So in the ring, Carmelo Hayes sits with his bloodshot eyes as you're not him chanting down. He says the villain is always the villain when the hero tells the story. But why doesn't anyone want to hear his story? He says he and Trick had an agreement that he go after the main title while Trick went after the North American Championship. But then Williams brought into his own hype and became mistaken that they were on the same level. And when he tried to take what belongs to Carmelo, he knew he had to do what he did. Million dollar question that everyone wants to know Did he attract Trick Williams? You're damn right he did, and he'd do it again if he crossed him. Or, and then we get Trick's music playing, doesn't enter. Carmelo says he's in the hospital with Booker T. He will be for a long time. He talks up his bona fides and says he and Trick aren't the same. We got so caught up in the headlines, we pushed our boy to the sidelines, but nothing happens on this brand without getting run past Carmelo Hayes. Trick wanted to be like him so bad, but at the end of the day, he's just a trick. Screw you, Mellow. Screw you, Mellow. Chance rained down. And Hayes says Trick was never his equal, only ever his hype man, and that's how I'll ever be. We get another man has three faces, cryptic vignette, and we go to break. Back from commercial, we get a Femi vignette. So, Mellow, to me, works so much better as a heel. I don't, he's too, I don't know, he's just the way he is, his character and his. He's just he he kind of works babyface in in the way his moveset is, but he's like so swarmy and so egotistical, and I think it really he really plays it up so well that I'm happy to see him as as a heel, and um kind of interested you know kind of we're finally starting to move into the I guess if this was a relay race we'd be in the final leg of the Trick Mellow story. Right. Uh, what are your thoughts on on this uh, on Mello's promo here? Yeah, Mello is one of those guys that ne- he never really turned face per se. He just kind of started fighting heels yeah. uh, when he was uh, when he was technically a face. We could say. Uh, I mean, I you know I don't think he was trash talking the crowd as much as he was when he was a heel or anything like that. But you know, it wasn't like a it wasn't like a drastic you know like oh I'm a good guy now. He just more started fighting. Uh, he more started fighting bad guys, I guess I'll say. Um, but yeah, he definitely works better as a uh, as a heel. Um, he and he's just naturally brash and kind of cocky, so um, it definitely it definitely works better uh, character wise for him to be a heel. So um, I definitely think it's a good turn. Um, and and I, I think the exact opposite with Trick is he's such naturally a face. Um, just his personality and his, um, you know, kind of moveset and stuff like that, uh, works as a face. So it, it, it definitely works out best for both guys. Uh, and we're headed towards, like you said, that kind of final chapter for the, for the, uh, for the rivalry and, and, the, and the story that they've been building for a, a while now. So definitely looking forward to it. Yeah. Kind of like your modern day Gargano and Ciampa, maybe, I guess mm-hmm. is the best comparison you can kind of say about these guys. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe on a little, a little lesser degree, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, definitely a lesser degree, but you know, comparable, I guess, to like the friends and the, you know, the rivalry won't be as long, uh, lasting. Hopefully not. Oh, <laughs> that would lasted a little too long. Yeah. Oh, geez. Uh, anyway, so then 
We get Riley Osborne walking backstage, dejected by his loss, when he runs into Thea Hale and Jason Jane. Thea plays hard to get when he asks why she wasn't out there, claiming she has lots of grown women's stuff to do, but she reaffirms that they are going on a date for Valentine's Day. And we move on to our next match, which is Lola Vice versus Roxanne Perez. Perez with a Luthez press into mounted punches. Vice bails to the floor. Roxanne dives on her, trading punches in the middle of the ring, knee off the ropes. We get an uppercut and a flying forearm from the Prodigy. Uppercut in the corner, mounted punches follow, and we go to break. Back from commercial, Lola's in control, whip into a knee, double jump, moonsault. Perez gets some breathing room and applies an arm trap crossface, but Lola rolls right into a pin. Roxanne with a wheelbarrow face buster, but Lola locks a sleeper hold on. Then Perez fights back to her feet and back to her into a corner and break the hold. Pop rocks denied. Tam Paxley appears with Vice's spent contract, acting like she's going to cash in. That's enough for Roxanne to get the distraction and winning by a pinfall with Pop Rocks. Then we go backstage. The metaphor are being interviewed, and Lash Legend said nobody's worried about the wide-eyed rookie, Ren Sinclair. Takara Jackson says they're going to end her career before it even starts, and Fallon Henley should know better. Asked about Von Wagner, Robert Stone's challenge, Noam Dar left, says they're the dream team around here. Then we get the no-quarter no catch crew rolling up to give Dar crap for finding someone he's already beaten. And we, uh, we're, we'll pause there. So, uh, continue on with the Riley uh, and Thea romance here. And we got a decent match here with Lola and Roxanne. I do like the creativity of having Tatum, basically, who's a nut bar, uh, fake a cash in, which gets the <laughs> distraction um, and gets Roxanne her win back. And then, you know, they continue on with the uh, the metaphor, um, you know, kind of mini feud, I guess, on one end with Robert Stone and Vaughn and Ren and Fallon on the other, continuing on the backstage stuff there. But the match though with Roxanne and Lola was was pretty good for a TV match. Uh, like I said, Lola is is holding her own, and Roxanne is is always good. Uh, it's nice to see her embracing her dark side. Although I don't think she'll ever really. I think when it comes to Roxanne, I think she's going to be in the Becky school of of, of they won't. They, I don't think anybody really wants to see her heal. And that's the whole thing with Becky. Becky tried as hard as she could and tried to, you know, uh, you know, get the crowd to hate her. And I, I, I see Roxanne having that same with with her going complete heel. But what were your thoughts on on the match here and some of this other stuff? Yeah, her her version of a heel may just be being more aggressive and you know, yeah. uh, being a little more no nonsense and maybe just not uh, being as bubbly and you know ha- happy go lucky as as she was before maybe uh but yeah I, I definitely agree with you on that uh the match was like you said a good perfectly fine tv match um I, obviously it was more about uh the paxley interference and obviously pushing something with her and uh and uh lyra going forward so um that there, there is that um but yeah the match was perfectly fine um you know, uh, not super duper looking forward to the uh, metaphor versus, uh, you know, Vaughn <laughs> and uh, Mr. Stone. Uh, just because, like I said last week, it, Vaughn needs to needs to get something going because um, he's just kind of aimless and has been that way for a long time. And the no quarter catch crew uh, versus the metaphor makes me want to just rip my eyeballs out. So um, not 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 something that super excites me uh about about those two matching up so um yeah 
um, like I said, the match was good. uh, And, you know, those two matchups don't particularly excite me. So we'll see. Yeah. Anything with the no quarter cast crew, nothing excites me there. With those yeah, guys, they really, they really need to. They really need to like do something with them finally, or just uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know what they can do with them. <laughs> I mean, the metaphor. At least they're entertaining. I think yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they they're, they're funny. They're you know that that's the thing about them. They, like some of the some of the situations they get those no quarter catch. I'm like, oh my god. You, there's like zero personality there out of yeah. all of them, and I think that's kind of sort of the point. But they gotta have something, you know. Yep. I mean, it's just yeah, it's a, they're scary. not even like entertaining in the ring, though. It's not, you know. Yeah. It, it would be, yeah. I don't know. All right, so we move on to our women's tag match here. Found Henley and Renzi Claire versus the Metaphor Jakara Jackson and Last Legend. We get Henley and Legend to start trading slaps. Found with sleeper hole, seeing Claire tags in, comes in with a diving cross body, but Lash catches her. Henley helps her complete it to. Uh, hit a drop kick only for two. Jackson then tags in. Metaphor take over and work her to some length. Henley then with a hot tag, big spine, big spin out fakes Buster on Jackson. We get Fallon throw first into the ropes. Tags made. Lash gets the better of her. And the Metaphor win by a pinfall with a powerbomb from the last legend on Ren Sinclair. We go backstage and Briggs and Jensen are catching up and they talk about Fallon's match. Now they're all doing their own thing, but Jensen cuts him off as he's going to leave, says he's lost without him. He doesn't know how to do it. He's struggling, um, and he needs him. Briggs pulls him close, said, being sad isn't going to help. He's not a kid anymore. He shoves him into a wall, telling him to stand on his own feet. He can either sit and cry like he is right now. He can grow some balls and wake up. And we get uh, Dragunov is making his entrance. We go to break. We come back. Jaden Parker is is chatting with Ava Rain. She asks for Adriana Rizzo one-on-one next week. Ava agrees as long as her boys aren't at ringside since the family have a tile defense. And they won't be at ringside either. Jada agrees and leaves. Then we get Rich Holland rolling up to the band of match against Gallus, but Ava won't give him a handicap. But she'll give him them one on one, one by one. And if he loses any of them, it's over. He accepts and leaves. So, you know, this match is this women's match was fine. I mean, Ren still kind of green. Same with Jakara Jackson. I think Lash Legend is getting is really improved, and she's going to be, I think, moving up. So to speak, into uh, maybe the uh, the main main title picture for the women, or at least the main kind of grouping of girls, and then um, you know continuing on with uh, Jensen, kind of yes, they did split them all up, but it seems like uh, Brooks is not getting over it. Well, meanwhile, Briggs is like kind of like starting to thrive a little bit as a singles competitor. Mm. So, um, and then we get uh, set up for a match for next week between, uh, you know, Jada and Adriana, as well as Ridge versus uh, Gallus, where he basically has to run the gauntlet against them. So uh, what what are you thinking here with uh, this women's tag match and some of the uh, setups for next week? Yeah, it definitely seems to be that they're they're kind of trying to push legend or lash legend as the. Uh, as the new kind of powerhouse uh, upper upper card uh, of the women's division, uh, th- they're definitely seeing a lot more in her. Uh, she's definitely improving. So, um, yeah, that they definitely seem like they're trying to push her further up the card uh, for sure. Uh, but the match was fine. Um, like you said, Ren's still kind of green. Um, and I think Jakar is still kind of trying to come back from an injury as well. So I think they are trying to protect her a little bit. Uh, by might not using her as much, but uh, the the tag match was fine. Um, Briggs kind of giving uh, 
Brooks some tough love, uh, kind of pushing him around, making him wake up and realize that, you know, he, he needs to move on because uh, if, if he doesn't, he's just going to constantly be in a rut. So, um, yeah, showing, showing some tough love, I thought was a pretty good little little part there. And then, yeah, Rizzo and Parker next week, uh, definitely an interesting matchup. Uh, considering kind of how we felt about them at the uh, PLE, we'll see uh, see how they perform uh, when given a singles match. So, uh, and then the Gallus stuff, um, you know, you know how I feel about Gallus and Ridge hasn't <laughs> exactly uh, inspired me so far. So we'll see. Yeah, imagine if it was an eight man tag, Ridge and Gallus versus the No Quarter Catch Girl. <laughs> I'm just gonna strangle myself with my like, headset gonna, cord right now. You're like Andy, I'm, gonna, I'm taking that. I'm taking that match off. We will not talk about it on the pod. <laughs> all right, it would be the match that breaks a little. Um, yeah. All right, we got uh, Ma- Diana Ma'am, Parker. I have another pod to do. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm sorry, ma'am. I don't watch that next thing anymore. <laughs> oh, I hope he listens. All right, <laughs> we got Ty Jack. Versus Dragonoff in our main event. <clears throat> Hammering strikes out of the gate. Dragonoff gets a German suplex and hangs on to the waist lock. Frustrating Dijak as rolls him into a second German suplex. Then Dijak fights back, strikes in the corner. Ilya Hammering chops to back him off. Big boot in the corner. Dragonoff up top. Dijak cuts him off to the floor. Dijak looking under the apron, hesitating. <laughs> Wondering if Gacy's down there. Ilya with a chop and Dijak drops him with a punch to the nose as we go to break. Back from commercial headbutt. Dragunov free, trading shots, and Zaguri misses. Dijak slams him face first into the mat. We get a backbreaker rack. Feast for your eyes. Feast your eyes. Sorry, blocked. Keep throwing up that name. Going chop for the forearm. Ilya off the ropes. Big boot for the super kick. Pump kick for the cyclone kill. And Dragunov is down and out. In Zaguri, and Dragunov gets under and fireman's carry. Blood trickling down his cheek. Tall uh, Dijak uh, claws his broken nose. But Dragunov keeps it together. Then we get Ilya off the top, diving senton in the corner, working Dijak over, face wash, blast him. Chops in the corner, machine gun chops, Donovan grabs his jaw, blasts him with a rising knee, chokeslam connects. Dragunov with a with headbutts to break the goozle. We got rolling chops to the chest, back, Constantine special block with a huge lariat. Springboard elbow drop, but Dijak is hurting. Ilya blasts him with a running knee. Joe Gacy then appears from under the ring with a boxing glove on a stick and pokes <laughs> Dijak in the face with it. Dragunov charges in when we get Dragunov winning via pinfall with the H-bomb. We get a post-match. Carmelo Hayes appears out of nowhere and chop blocks Dragunov. Man of punches, beating him down. Melo picks up the NFC Championship and waits, blasting Ilya in the head with the gold. And Carmelo Hayes stands tall to end the show. So, yeah, this was a a fun brawl uh, here. You know, we knew Joe Gacy was still going to come back. And they planted the seeds earlier with, you know, Dragging off and Mello kind of like almost like calling each other out, saying that they wanted each other next. And that pretty much solidifies it that Mello will be the next real challenger for Dragonoff. And I think we know the direction they're going to go in to lead up to Stand and Deliver. So, what are your thoughts on the match and the post match, uh, you know, actions? Yeah, the match was great. Uh, I, had, I had no doubts that it would be. Uh, like I said, anytime these two guys are given an opportunity to show up, they always do, uh, no matter what. Um, so this was no different. Just a really great match between the two guys. A great main event. <laughs> the 
boxing glove spot made me laugh so hard. It shouldn't have made me laugh as hard as it did, but I, I, I audibly cackled uh, when when that spot happened. So, um, but yeah, just just really and, and the H bomb to finish it was really sick. So, just just good stuff. And then the post match, uh, you know, kind of after the the PLA and what happened, and you know, the, like you said, the two guys calling each other out, obviously was going to lead to something between the two guys. So um, I think we have roadblock coming up before we get to stand and deliver. So uh, I think we might see a uh, title match between these two guys uh, at, at, at that uh, special episode of NXT. So um, definitely looking forward to that one as they've had some killer matches in the past. So All right. very good. All right. We're on to the final show we're going to cover on this episode of the podcast to the NXT show from February 13th. Excuse me, pardon me. The show was up with Noam Dar and Oro Mensah relaxing ahead of their tag match with Dar claims will be easy pickings. Their opponents, Robert Stone and Von Wagner, do a sneak attack by yelling sneak attack and brawl them to the ring as Jakari Jackson and Last Legend chase behind them and are given misdirection by Robert Stone's sons. Leading into our opening match with the metaphor Dar and Mensah versus Stone and Wagner. Wagner and Mensah to start, Von beating him up, tag the Stone car for two. Oro gets Robert in the corner and quick tags as they work the former TNA X Division champion over at some length. Well, we always forget. I always forget that that he, you know, was was not a bad wrestler with his uh, whole uh, Jersey Shore gimmick going. Uh, you know, I, I actually did enjoy him. Robbie Robbie E was good. Robbie T terrible. Uh, Wagner <laughs> saves it. I, and I don't. I've not watched a lot of Impact in my life, but I was watching back then. And you're you're kind of the uh, you know. Let's let's do a cheap plug for Highway to the Impact Zone. You're one of your other shows here on this feed where you do cover Impact. Um, how far off are you from the from that? Uh, your, oh, I, I think we're still. I think we're still about three years away from when okay. Robbie E comes in. So wow, we'll we'll get there in 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 due time. But uh, it it'll be a while. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did enjoy it. But um, so anyway, we got Wagner saving his buddy uh, Stone running hot, goes for the plancha, but Minsa sidesteps. We got Vaughn and Noam Dar now. Big knee from Wagner, the laser metaphor running interference, chop block from Oro. Then we get the metaphor winning via pinfall with a Rana pin from Noam Dar on Vaughn. Wagner. Then we get Rich Holland making his entrance as we go to break. We get a Chase U vignette while Andre Chase opens up classes back. Adriana Rizzo rolls up to do business with JC Jane. JC tries to be nice, but Rizzo just wants to do business, so Jane passes her a fat envelope. Adriana comments on the wait, and JC says sales of the calendar were better than expected, and also expects the family to retain the tag tiles and hopes her boys and Chase U can get a shot afterwards. And Rizzo, I think, is in the calendar, from what I understand. Um, my son told me. Um, so <laughs> he's 16. What do you expect? Come on. Um, all right, so what do you what do you think on the opening of the show with the uh, the metaphor versus Stone and Wagner, and we get uh you know a little bit of uh you know um, the chase you uh, paying their I guess paying their debts here. Um, definitely an interesting uh, thought to uh, start the start the show with metaphor versus Va- Vaughn and Stone. I did like the little kid saying sneak attack, and then uh, they obviously sneak attacked uh, them backstage and stuff like that. So definitely a good way to kind of start that uh, in the backstage leading out to the ring. Um, the match was fine. Uh, obviously, metaphor had the numbers advantage with uh, them being four, and uh, you know. You know, Vaughn and Stone being uh, just the two of them. So uh, the the numbers game eventually added up and uh, Dar and Mensah were able to win. So um, and then, yeah, it was good to see that uh, 
Chase U finally paid their debt off to uh, the the D'Angelo family. So, um, and yeah, hopefully it, it seems that maybe we'll get uh, Andre and Duke maybe uh, challenging for the tag titles in the future uh, based on kind of what happened. All right. So we get Gallus, Joe Coffey, Mark Coffey, and Wolfgang versus Ridge Holland in a gauntlet match. We get Wolfgang that starts off. Holland clobbering him with Larry in the corner with a cross, right hands, arm ringer, short arm body block takes the Scott off his feet. Stomping away, Joe Coffey running interference. Wolfgang turns him inside out with a knee and follows it to a senton. Ridge back in control, action to the floor. We get a break, and during back from commercial, we're informed that Wolfgang is eliminated by a pinball with Northern Grit. We get Mark Coffey up next, going to town Holland's leg. Ridge with up with up kicks. He catches a cross body, turns it into the world's strongest slam. Uppercut slugging away, left hand Larry from Ridge, trapped the arms into a headbutt, belly to belly suplex, connects, charging in. Mark meets him with elbow, and Ridge gets a spine buster in return off for Northern Grip, but Joe's pulled his brother out of the ring. We get um, Mark Coffey, who should have been eliminated by DQ, but they're playing like it's a no contest, and they throw the match out. Post match, Ridge unloads in all three Gallus boys with a steel chair. And we get Lexus King accosting Von Wagner and Robert Stone. But Wagner doesn't have time for it and tells him to shove off. King says he has better to do, but sticks around the taunt stone about disappointing his kids. And then we get the uh, No Quarter Cats crew inspecting the NXT Heritage Cup, talking about what a shame that is head by a clown. Said clown, Noam Dar returns and asks if they shouldn't be rolling around in a basement slick with oil. Dar says they can't steal it. Charlie Dempsey says they'll win it legitimately, and the two teams face off. So, I mean, the the... Gauntlet didn't go pretty much the whole length, which you kind of thought it would. It would. I like you. I'm kind of like I. I don't know what what to make of these guys here. Like I think Gallus. You know, if if Drew resigns, I would not be opposed to Gallus kind of being like his his running buddies, like kind of like yeah. a like a like a Scottish uh, faction there. Um, but. And then we get the whole, uh, you know, Alexis King kind of sticking his nose in here, which will probably lead to Alexis King Von Wagner match down the road, as well as, you know, no quarter catch crew. Maybe, you know, Noam Dar takes him on one at a time until maybe one of them beats him at some point, which if you're going to pick any of them, it'd probably be Charlie Dempsey. That would be the one that would win it. Yeah. But uh, what are your thoughts here on, on this part of the show? That they need to do some major building with one of the uh, no, no quarter catch crew guys to even – give me the idea that they're possibly going to contend with Noam. So yeah. uh, they're, they're going to have to do some major building between now and stand and deliver if that's going to be something that they're going to try and do. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I, I just don't care about Ridge uh, as a as a character, as a baby face. Um, so, I, you know, I struggle with this gauntlet match. And it's even stupider that they get kind of DQ'd in the middle of it. Uh, he doesn't even end up facing uh, Joe, I don't think. I think he, he fought uh, Wolfgang, of course, and beat him. And then, you know, uh, Mark gets disqualified and they kind of just cut it off. So I don't really know that it helped anybody or made anybody look smart or, or, or better or anything like that. And then, you know, the Vaughn and Mr. Stone, I, I thought that kind of uh, them kind of talking to Lexus King. I think that kind of made Mr. Stone look like a goof because, <laughs> you know, Lexus obviously makes fun of his kids and stuff like that. And he didn't really do anything about it except like, hey, don't make fun of my kids, you know. So it, it really didn't really didn't. It really kind of made him look like a dumbass and, and not not seem like he was going to stand up for his family. So, um, yeah, just 
the 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 uh, whole Ridge Holland thing. I just don't think it's working kind of like they want it to. Um, and and the other couple of segments just left me kind of wondering what what, what was going to happen, and you know, uh, not being super excited for for the answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, a metaphor I, I'm fine with. You know, yeah. they they amuse me. No quarter cash crew. I'm just like, oh, well, God, what are we doing? <laughs> they just uh, need to be built. Like, like something yeah. needs to happen with them. They just keep they keep showing up. They keep talking, but like they're never doing anything in the ring, and they never just they just don't ever do anything. So I, I don't. I, I, something needs to happen with them for them to be as featured as they are. Yeah. All right. So on to the next match, which is Lola Vice versus Tatum Paxley. We get Tatum running hot early, corkscrew elbow drop for two. Vice drops her and hammers her with toe kicks, knee lift in the, in the slinch, cover for two, rear chin lock applied, grinding Tatum down. She fights to her feet, knees from Lola, boot up in the corner, schoolboy for two. Then we get Lola blasting her with another boot, mounted punch in the corner. Lara Valkyria comes to ringside to support Tatum. She strings together some offense, roll through, kick into Gary Connect, schoolboy for two. Lola with 540 roundhouse kick, but we don't get a pin. Big back fist for two. Lyra giving Tatum a pep talk. Lola draws her up for the crescent kick. Paxley gets a foot on the ropes. Triangle sleeper. It's over. Lola Vice wins via submission with triangle sleeper. Then we go uh, backstage to Luca Crisfino giving Tony D'Angelo a pep talk, and he wishes the Don luck, and they shake hands. Adriana Rizzo rolls up, and they chat about stuff, and she tells him to stay here. Tony tells Stax to stay in deliver season, and they're cracking skulls. And then we go to break. We come back. Lara dumps Tam's uh, unconscious body on a road case to be confronted by Shotzi Blackheart. Lara gives Shotzi a title shot, and Blackheart says she already got Ava Rain to sign off on it. The match will be next week. <laughs> I don't think so. And they draw each other about, and then Shotzi leaves. Tatum wakes up immediately and comments on the match being made to Lara's general confusion. So this Lola Tatum match, I thought was good. I mean, I think Tatum's another one who's vastly improved. Uh, I'm not sure what the eventual end game will be for Tatum and Lyra because, you know, this is not Mickey and, and Trish. This is not, you know, um, any other kind of fan things we've done in the past because Lyra and Tatum are kind of like not on each on the same level, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, Mickey was established. It was really good. You know, Trish had, had worked her ass off to become as great as she was. And it was believable that, you know, Mickey could beat Trish. You know, I don't believe for a second Tam Paxley should be your NXT North, uh, women's champion. And if this maybe if this comes to head, maybe after Lyra loses the belt eventually. But, um, you know, we'll see. I'm kind of just not sure what the end game here will be for this for these two. Uh, you know, Shotzi coming down um, a little spoiler. They do have they do tape. Uh, the next episode of NXT and Shotzi does get hurt and they have to call the match off. So uh, that actually uh, also affected uh, what happens on SmackDown because she was supposed to be an elimination chamber qualifying match that she probably would have won and was replaced by Tiffany Stratton. Uh, we also get Luca Crisfino. Maybe, you know, he could be joining the Don, the uh, D'Angelo family as the consigliere. Maybe we'll see. Uh, what are your thoughts here on the, uh, you know, the Lola and Tatum match, the Lola Lyra kind of thing? I mean, Lola Tatum Lyra thing, and uh, Luca Cristofino kind of getting here with the, uh, you know, the Don. You think he's going to be uh, becoming part of the family at some point? 
Yeah, maybe maybe he'll become become the family lawyer or something, something to that effect. So yeah, it, it seems like he's getting involved with They're with Sylvia. his family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the match between Lola and uh, Tatum was fine. It was just to get Lola some revenge for Tatum kind of screwing her at the PLE and kind of continuing to mess with her uh, in uh, last week in the match with Roxanne. So um, definitely just getting Lola Lola win back and uh, getting her some revenge on her. Um, the only thing I could see with Lyra and Tatum, maybe maybe Lyra eventually or uh, Tatum eventually gets involved in a match with Lyra, which causes Lyra to lose the title. Um, and then they have some kind of and then Lyra obviously kicks her ass, beats her ass, you know, kind of roughs her up and turns heel somewhat. Um, and then maybe Tatum eventually gets that babyface comeback win over. But that could be further way further down the line. I'm sure, but that, that's that's something I could see kind of coming up in the future if I'm putting my uh, prediction hat on. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's that's kind of where I kind of see that one going uh, if if something happens. But yeah, the match is fine, and uh, obviously getting Luca Chris getting another character in Luca Crucifino, uh, uh, getting him involved in a storyline is uh, definitely an interesting thing. And then yeah, we'll see where Lyra and Tatum go. All right. So we get Adriana Rizzo versus Jada Parker. Parker hammering, slaps in the corner. Rizzo pulls her up after the break and takes her earrings out, which you think she's going to do before the bell. But that was kind of confusing me, too. Usually they they take the earrings out, especially the big uh, you know, hoops that she had in. And then we get a snap suplex, cover for one, slingshot stomp into a kneeling neck crank. Adriana fights out, cover for two. Back elbow from Jada, Rizzo small package. We got flying forearms, front chancery, punches to the ribs, half uh, house suplex from Adriana, charging in, Parker catches her, thrusts up spine buster off the ropes, elbow car for two, Rizzo wants her to bring it, Jada charges, and Jada Parker wins via pinfall with a pounce. Then we get a Dijak vignette where he's haunted by Joe Gacy's living ghost or something. We get Mello making his <laughs> entrance. Back from commercial, Braun is distracted in the locker room, and Baron tells him to get his head in the game and tells him how important holding a title is to him. Braun wants to go with the Wolf Dogs, and Corbin says he'll meet them in the middle. If they win a tag titles, he'll call them Wolf Dogs just one time. So the uh, Adriana Rizzo Jada Parker match was not good. Like I said earlier, they were both green. Uh, a little surprised Jada goes over, but um, you know the way they've been building up Rizzo. But you know I, I'm fine with with it like this um you know turns out probably uh the uh not not the best night for the family when it start all starts here and we get uh you know some more backstage stuff but uh what are your thoughts here on the uh this rizzo parker match and and as we move forward with uh the die jack gacy thing is still uh continuing yeah i thought the match was all right i i, I thought it was physical enough to where it it you know they they did they did the match as well as I think they could have. Um, they made it they made it more of a fight than it was really a wrestling match per se. So I, I think they worked it in a way where it was beneficial to both girls. You know, it like it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a mat classic or anything like that by by any by any stretch. But I think it was fine for what it was. Um, and then, yeah, obviously Dijak and Gacy are going to continue to be in each other's lives going forward. So um, definitely interested to see where that one goes because we did enjoy the PLE match. And then, yeah, 
kind of teasing that Braun may have his uh, mind el- elsewhere uh, with his, you know, he, he's been uh, kind of being courted by both Raw and SmackDown uh, on those shows, uh, as well as still being on NXT. So um, could could provide a distraction to where that they m- might uh, n- might not win tonight when they have their big t- tag title match. So uh, just, just teasing that a little bit. All right. Move on to a Carmelo Hayes versus Joe Gacy match. Gacy putting Hayes into the turnbuckles, corner to corner. Carmelo blocks Joe with a snap suplex car for a near fall. Whip across, knee up, whip reverse. Achilles lock from Hayes, but Joe kicks him aside. Springboard Larry from Mello, chopping a corner. Gacy fires up, turns him around, and paints his chest in leather. Headbutts, the referee warns him off. Whip reverse, drop down. Joe counters with a senton, gets a near fall. Reverse chin lock applied, out of it briefly, back into it. Hayes fights back out, handful of hair in the ropes, and he jaws at him. But Gacy into it and blasts him with a headbutt before calling under the ring. Out from the other side, Mellow cautious seat lifting up the ring skirt. Gacy free trains him with a surprise cross body. We go to break. Back for commercial. Hayes has a half crab applied and Gacy is headbutting the mat to keep from giving up. Reaching up, posting. He rolls over, up kicks, breaks free. Joe with a big back elbow, step over, slide under. Duck a lariat, drop kick connects, shoulder block, sets up a backdrop. Yoranagi. Pass aside, vertical suplex, block, fireman's carry to a Mishinoko driver, Case kicks out. Up top, trading shots, front kick, cuts Hayes off with a cross, waist lock, mellow, blocks, back elbow, overhead elbow, springboard caught into a Boston slam, handspring, Hayes counters with a code breaker, mellow up top, and hits nothing but net and gets the win via pinfall. Post-match, Dijak attacks Gacy, lays him out with a nightstick. He puts a straight jacket out of his bag and forces Joe into it. Referees try and fail to pull Dijak away as he buckles the jacket. Man and Gacy's back. Cross face strikes. He crosses Joe's arms and secures him. Gacy gets to his feet and runs right to the cyclone kill with a, his arms to save him as free Joe Gacy chants ring out. I thought the, the, that whole straight jacket thing was pretty hysterical because there was no fast way to do it. You know, it, it seemed like it took forever. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and it was it I, I applaud them for um for for you know thinking that up but I think it just it's just one of those it's just it's not gonna work I mean it, it's fine but it just takes too long to get them to the finish line mm-hmm. I thought that I thought the mellow uh Gacy match was was not bad I, I kind of enjoy it. I, I do like Joe Gacy I think for a guy his size he moves around pretty nimbly. Mm-hmm. And you know, keep building up uh, Mellow uh, because he's obviously going to be challenging sooner than later. Uh, what are your thoughts here on this part? Yeah, Gacy's a guy that's really improved a lot in my mind uh, over the over the course of this podcast. He was somebody at the beginning I wasn't really a, a fan of, but I, I think, like I said earlier, his style just fits a lot better as a face. So I, I think it definitely works better for him. I thought this match was really good. Um, Carmelo. Recently turned heel, obviously, he's going to get the win, kind of build his momentum uh, towards, obviously, or it seems to be some kind of NXT title match with Ilya, so there, there is that. <laughs> kind of going back to Highway to the Impact Zone we were talking about earlier, they, they recently used a straight jacket in a, in a match, uh, and it kind of had the same same problem. Uh, it just takes a little too long, and in that, it was uh, Christian Cage was trying to put it on Rhino. Uh, and you, if you know how big of a human rhino is, uh, just trying to think, try to think about putting a straight jacket around uh, the human refrigerator of a human being he is. So uh, it was even harder for him. So uh, I just don't know that a straight jacket's a, 
a, a wrestling weapon that should be used because it's just something like you said that just takes a little bit too much intricacy and a little bit too much time to kind of execute well. Well, so. for one person putting it on another, maybe if you had like, yeah. uh, you know, like two or three guys putting it on one yeah. guy, maybe you could probably pull it off. But yeah, one guy putting a straitjacket on another guy, mm-hmm. it's yeah. really hard. It's hard enough to capacitate somebody to roll them into a goddamn coffin. <laughs> you know, and that's all you gotta do is push them. This is like you gotta get them in. You gotta get. You gotta tire all the buckles. You gotta get the arms. It's just like it's just. Oof, it's just I I I suspend my disbelief a lot when it comes to Leslie. <laughs> I can It only goes so far. No more you know straight jackets. I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's where I draw the line. Straight jackets. <laughs> right, so yeah, over family walking backstage. We go to break, come back. We got Roxanne Perez in the locker room upset that Lola Vice ruined her one-on-one room match. And then Shotzi comes in and steals the next match. The new girl, Brinley Reese, pipes up to says she knows how Roxanne feels and Perez unloads on her verbally before unloading on her physically, punching her in the jaw. And we get another one of those uh, cryptic, uh, scratchy proverb vignettes. And we get Obafemi making uh, his entrance and gets on the mic, says you can't argue with prophecy and he's still the North American champion. The Mountain of NXT, the man over Femi. He says Dragon Lee is a proud warrior, but he showed at Vengeance Day that it takes more than justifying spirit to take the title from him. And a title around the waist of a superstar means prestige, but for him it means supremacy. Dragon Lee was the first casualty, but he won't be the last. And you can send anyone you want after the title and don't send anyone you want back. So Alexis King enters. Um, he said he wanted to personally congratulate Oba on all his success. But he has to be honest, he hears he's been calling himself the ruler, but everyone knows that Lexus is the king, and he thinks it's just a little funny. Oba then tells him to get to the point. The king point is that he softened him up leave for the title and plays on his shoulder, and it'll be him that takes it off of him. Femi says he doesn't deal in threats, and King says that it was a promise. Oba then says he gets a title shot next week, but promises his throne is not the one he'll be sitting on anytime soon. We got Lexus attacking Oba, cutthroat. Femi shoves him off, but King scrambles away from a powerbomb, finds safety on the floor. And we go backstage, and Brooks, Jensen, and Josh Briggs are brawling backstage, and Ava Rain hasn't pulled apart, tells him to fight in the ring, not back here. And then we get Kiana making her entrance, and then back from commercial, we get a bumper with a tweet from Dragonoff about how Hayes' day of reckoning is coming. So we get, um, you know, a... Uh, a uh, uh, we get a nice uh, you know bit of character stuff here with um, Oba. We get Roxanne still pissed off backstage, and poor Brindley Reese keeps getting her ass kicked. Um, Lexus King, you knew he was going to be uh, uh, coming out to kind of uh, he was the one I think that got in Oba Femi's ear to do the cash in. So I think he's uh, kind of trying to be the master manipulator, and it doesn't seem to be uh, working out for him up to now. And Brooks and and, uh, and Briggs are kind of a uh, come to blows already so let's see what happens with those two uh what are your thoughts on uh you know roxanne continuing to uh be pissed off backstage and oba and lexus king pretty much setting up a match for the following week yeah it's kind of confusing for oba uh i, I know he was kind of presented as a heel when he went into dragon lee but obviously he's not going to be the heel in this match with lexus king because lexus king like we said is kind of a uh, Shitzer heel uh, at this point, so maybe Oba's gonna be more of a baby face now, or it's just gonna kind of depend on who he faces, I guess, uh, going forward at this point. So uh, definitely interesting to see how that kind of works out. Um, and then, yeah, the brawl between 
Riggs and uh, Jensen uh, obviously shows that they're not going to not going to be patching things up anytime soon based on their uh, previous encounter. Uh, so hopefully a match between them, uh, uh, we'll see, and uh, hopefully it'll be pretty good and uh, it'll give us a little bit clearer picture of where they might go uh, from that. All right. It was on to a match between Brindley Reese versus Keanu James. James went on bar, shot off, dropped down, arm drag, shoulder block, and Reese sends Keanu packing. Izzy Dame runs interference, big lariat on the floor, back inside. James puts boots to her, reversed, snap swinging neck breaker, but Brindley kicks out. Reverse chin lock applied, axe handles, shoulder blocks, handspring lariat from Reese. Big ending, cover for two. James floats over a slam, inverted TDT connects, swinging into the 401k, and then Keanu James hits an inverted overdrive and wins via pinfall. We go backstage. Ava is on the phone making Briggs and Jensen official when Roxanne Perez charges up. Ava asks if she punched Ren Sinclair in the face, and Perez says she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And Ren has a match against her next week. And then after that, maybe they'll talk about the title. Roxanne doesn't like the delay and, her, and huffs off. We get the Wolf Dogs and the Angel family shown backstage making their way through the arena for the main event. Back from commercial, we get a No Fan Blade chatting about Brindley Reese's match. Nofi says now she's going to know how they feel and Malik wants her, them to be there for her when she comes through. She cartwheels through it. She's excited and motivated to train harder and get better and so on. We get some commentary to hype the next uh, show. And we're going to pause there before we get to the main event. So, Brinley Reese seems like she's kind of like the new, uh, you know, I mean, she might be like the new Thea kind of thing, I think. Where she's, uh, yeah, she's very too, Thea, Thea, like for sure. Yeah, very Thea like, a little too much pep in her step. Uh, you know, match with her and Kiana was fine. I mean, you know, making and then they're setting up uh, stuff obviously for next week. Um, what are your thoughts here? Anything on the uh, the, her match uh, and the backstage stuff? Yeah, she's more, she's more like peppy, she's not as like crazy and like pit bullish as kind of like yeah. you always described. Uh, Thea as so she's not she didn't quite have that aggressiveness that I think Thea had or that kind of over over excitement for wh- whatever she's doing. Um, the yeah, match, somebody that likes exercise a little too much. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, her match with Kiana was just to get Kiana over, uh, kind of start to elevate Kiana towards towards the main picture, uh, main event picture for the women. Um, so that that's really the what that match kind of served the purpose for. Um, Roxanne kind of pushing her little, you know, you know, is she is she going over the edge? Is she she starting to turn a little bit heel? Is that dark side kind of getting kind of growing inside of her uh, with the frustration that she has that she's not getting her title shot? Um, so definitely interesting little segment there with Ava. Um, but yeah, a uh, couple, couple interesting segments. Um, and we'll see where, uh, Roxanne goes from here. Obviously I think she'll get another shot, but, uh, we'll see how, um, we'll see how that works out for her. All right. We're going to our main event, which is the D'Angelo family, Channing Stacks, Lorenzo and Tony D versus the Wolf Dogs, Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker for the NXT tag team championship. We get Braun and Tony D to start, collar and elbow, circling side headlock from the Braun, pull back apart. Tony gets a side headlock this time, reverse shot off, drop duck, drop down, sorry, duck a lariat, shoulder block, tag to Lorenzo, whip across, basement drop kick, scoop and a slam car for two. Knee lift, tag to Corbin into the turnbuckles, back by, drop to the apron, shoulder block. Baron cuts stacks off with a huge right hand up to the second rope. Channing cuts him off with a shot to the midsection. And attacked to D'Angelo, 
Double suplex on the big man. Hip toss puts Stacks into Corbin. Braun runs in. Staggered Corey Lariat. Hip toss puts Channing into him as well. Right hand from Tony. Body blows. Ramming D'Angelo into the corner. Slam the match. Breaks down into a bit of everybody do something cool territory. Tony t- Liger bombs Breaker out of nowhere. We go to break. Back for commercial. Corbin working Lorenzo over. Desperate right hands from Stacks, but he eats a deep six. Drawing him up. Body blows in the corner. Setting Channing up. He fights back off the second with a corkscrew uppercut. Tags me. Tony cleaning house. Belly to belly suplexes all over. Braun with a big slicing right off the second. Encountered with a spine buster. Slapping life into Lorenzo. D'Angelo hip toss him to the floor to take the challengers out. Thunder fire powerbomb lift. Neck breaker assist. Breaker kicks out. Rising knee. Tag to Barrett. Stacks legal in there somewhere. Suplex cutters from both Wolf Dogs. Then we get Sunset Flip for two. Bossman Slam from Baron on Tony. Tag to Breaker. Assisted Power Slam. Stack breaks it up. We get a cactus clothesline. All four men on the floor. Passing Corbin to the steel steps. Braun lifts D'Angelo up. He slips out. The family pushes him through the announce table. Back inside. Baron Corbin breaks it up. Double whip. Corbin stops right here. Stops short. Right hands from Chancery. End of days on stacks. Tony clobbers Baron to the floor. But Braun's ready. And Braun hits the um, spear on Shannon Chax Lorenzo and the Wolf Dogs win via pinfall, becoming your new NXT champions. Post match, the Wolf Dogs celebrate with the titles. I really enjoyed this match. I thought this was fun. All the guys performed well. I was thinking that the Wolf Dogs were not going to be successful because of, you know, one, you see Corbin going to the steps, you see Braun going through the table. Braun is being courted by Raw and SmackDown. You know, it's just a matter of time before he's called up officially. And, you know, I thought that Tony D and Stax were going to hold it for a bit more, you know. Um, and if they're going to lose it, they're probably going to lose it to OTM. But, you know, who knows what the uh, the future holds. And we'll talk about that uh, in a moment because of, you know, kind of what's going on with Braun also outside of NXT. But, yeah, I, I enjoyed this match. Bad night for the family. Adriana loses. The boys lose. Uh, what are your thoughts on this main event? Yeah, this 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 uh, result really kind of muddles up the uh, tag picture even more than it already was. I feel like, um, but the match was really good. Um, I, I, I I'm excited for Baron to finally get another belt. Uh, like he said, it's been six or seven years since he was U.S. champion uh, last. I think this is the title that he, the only other title he's held. So um, good to see him get a uh, get another belt. Um, and, and have some success because he's a guy that I've always liked. Not not a ton of other people do, but I, I think he's somebody I've always enjoyed. Um, so uh, good to see him get a win. And you know, it it's more confusing for Braun because Braun obviously the Friday after this signs with SmackDown, so he's a SmackDown superstar now. So um, obviously, I don't think this title reign's gonna be super long, but I do think it'll probably last till stand and deliver for sure. I don't know if they'll do some kind of multi-team thing where they don't have to get pinned or um, who, oh, who they, yeah. yeah, who they might you know throw them in there with, but we'll we'll see. Um, I, I have. I, I don't even know. I, I, I could see them throwing them anywhere with, you know, you know, Tony Dean stacks again and maybe OTM and uh, maybe maybe a Frazier and Axiom. Yeah, or something that's like what that. I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm, but we'll, we'll see. Um, I, I, I hope they at least give let them lose it on a big stage like that and not just kind of a, another episode of TV. So uh, but we'll see. We'll see where it goes. All right. So that brings it close to what we're covering here tonight. So, um 
in terms of all right, so Tiffany Stratton officially on SmackDown now, so she's kind of graduated. Um, Braun signed, so I think it's a matter of time. Uh, I think Dragonoff will be up probably eh, maybe post WrestleMania. I think I see him. I see. I think I see Mello, who's already kind of teased being on SmackDown, although not officially signed mm-hmm. SmackDown. I think Roxanne Perez is going to be going up. Uh, you definitely see kind of the uh, changing of the guard, so to speak, with new faces kind of coming up, uh, you know, in the in the mix and some, you know, it's it's like almost like high school, you know. There's a whole new crop of freshmen. There are some now that are sophomores, mm-hmm. a few a few juniors, and now some seniors, and so those are graduating. So. Um, I think it's an interesting time. I, it's going to be a fun build up here. I think to stand deliver. I think that's probably going to be a great card. I mean, they always set the bar pretty high for for the main main WrestleMania shows. I think because like like we've said, like we love stand. The NXT PLEs are so are tremendous. They are, there's very rarely a miss. You know, maybe some of the matches may don't always come out always great, but the the cards, the shows on the whole always deliver. But uh, anything you could see um, anybody coming up uh, besides the ones I have mentioned? Uh, you know, with Ilya is definitely an interesting one, because um, you know if 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 him and Mello face each other at Roadblock and you know Mello takes the titles to set up a title match with Trick, if they decided to make that a title match, that could just be a grudge match and Ilya could fight somebody else. It, but either way, if Ilya goes in to stand and deliver as a champ, it'll be interesting to see who he faces because, you know, there's not that other guy that's kind of uh, up towards the top of the card that's kind of, you know, it's it's trick and mellow. So if one of those guys is facing Ilya, it just kind of seems like Ilya is going to be wasted either way. But I, I'm kind of – the more I've started to think about it, I think, you know, mellow beats him. Yeah. Trick and Mello face each other for the title at Stand and Deliver. Mel, or, and uh, Trick finally avenges and wins the title and beats his former former friend, former uh, ally, and all that. And maybe Ilya answers an open challenge for the IC title at Mania and faces yeah. Gunther. So you know oh, that could be interesting. That definitely could be an interesting thing to go. Um, I, I just I struggle. You know, I, obviously with or without the belt, Trick and Mello is the match at Stand and Deliver. Um, but I, I just struggle to see where Ilya kind of fits in because I think he deserves a spot, but I really don't think he should be on the stand deliver card if he's not the champ. And yeah. I think he probably deserves some kind of mania match, whether it's Gunther or just you know something else. I feel like he needs to. I feel like he deserves something bigger than you know just a random match at uh, unless they build some some kind of great rivalry between now and now and then, which I don't particularly think is going to happen, but we'll see. But he, he's the he's the piece that confuses me the most, I'd say. Well, you could get Gunther successfully defends the IC belt at Mania and then does an open challenge on Raw after Mania, and that's, that's when dragged off. I could actually see that as a as a big as a better scenario. Mm-hmm. Possibly, yeah. I don't think there's not much else for Dragonoff to do down there. Um, I think there's there, and there's nobody that that really does make sense for him to face. And there's nobody really. In, I mean, Braun, you can't consider him for the top picture anymore. Mello and Hayes, that's the uh, Mello and Williams. I mean, I think it's the, they're the only ones, right? Mm-hmm. If it's not one, it's the other. And I think those are the guys that are going to be in your title match. I think Dragonoff's going to lose it. I mean, it all kind of like comes. 
it makes sense now on 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 how they're doing it so um it's very interesting i think um i have no idea where they're going to go with the women's title because i think cora getting hurt kind of put a little real fly in the ointment there because yeah. mm-hmm. uh, i think she was a big part of their plans and who knows what what's gonna happen because i know we got some girls coming back i know saul ruka uh uh returned at a house show yep. very recently i mean who else would you put in there in the women's title picture right now? I don't, I don't even know. Kiana, like you said, is probably getting built up for that. Uh, Lola may hang around a little bit. Roxanne could hang around a bit. Uh, you could have somebody from the main roster come back down. You don't know to be like interim kind of thing, like yeah. interim challenger. Because look, you know, Shotzi. Uh, spoiler: Shotzi gets hurt. Like I probably I might mention earlier in the show, Shotzi gets hurt. But they're these they're not going to win. You know, you know, be- the Becky thing is like I think uh, is a is an exception to uh, a main roster person coming down to to uh, win a women at least in a women's uh, division to uh, to take the title. But yeah, I think there there there's so much transition going on right now. It's kind of hard to kind of see who's next in line for what at the moment. So yeah, like I think I agree with you though. There's going to be a four way tag match I think for the belts where they're not gonna they're not gonna get pinned to lose it. And that would be, um, be your, like, ladder. They always do a ladder for some reason. That may be your ladder match for the year. Uh, you know, they, they seem to always It could be do. a North American title. I mean, yeah, also, that's usually a ladder match, too. Unless we get, like, unless we get a ladder match at Mania for one of the one of the belts, too. We don't know that. So, because I don't know if they're yeah, going to do two, title, two ladder matches in the same weekend. Because mm-hmm. then there's comparisons. So, who knows? Lots, lots of fun stuff, uh, you know, interesting. And we are on the... You don't call it the road to WrestleMania. We're on the uh, the 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 pathway to stand and deliver. I don't know what <laughs> we'll say, but yeah, definitely a lot of fun stuff. And as always, great talking about it with you. Uh, what do you got to uh, plug uh, right now and direct people to on your pods and socials and what have you? Um, we've talked about Highway to the Impact Zone. Check that out. Um, we uh, we just did uh, Bound for Glory 2006. We're uh, building towards our next pay-per-view, which is going to be Genesis 2006, which is the first match between uh, Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle just came in, so uh, big, big, big happenings there. That's that's the first real big match uh, when Kurt Angle comes in. So uh, definitely, definitely looking forward to watching that one again. Um, Linking up Luchas is a Lucha Underground pod I do on the North-South Connection, um, and we're almost towards the end of Season 1, so uh, definitely looking forward to seeing how that crescendos as, as we get towards it. Um, uh, talking Docs uh, is a documentary pod I do with Roger and Jenny. Uh, talking about documentaries, we're about to start a new season on Serial Killers, so definitely looking forward to uh, checking that one out. Uh we're, we're starting off with uh, Dahmer, so uh, oh definitely, definitely had some uh, had some real depressed nights over the last few weeks checking <laughs> all that out and watching all that uh, all that stuff. So, <laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah. Um, and then uh, YouTube Roulette just had a new episode come out recently, uh, uh, and that is just the absolute insanity that it always is. So check everything out uh, on all the feeds, uh, mm-hmm. but check that stuff out for sure. All right. Yeah, I, I hear you with the serial killer stuff. Uh, actually, for work, I used to have to screen uh, serial killer biographies. Oh so, boy. Yeah. <laughs> there are there are there are a lot of them out there, and really, 
messed up ones. Uh, I could tell you off mic about some of the ones that are a little more disturbing. Bring the crowd down here with uh, some of these <laughs> tales of some of these uh, of these uh, shows I used to have to watch for work, nonetheless. Um, anyway, so for me, uh, I live my home for the most part is the pop feed and the PTBN pop experience. Uh, part of the uh, video jukebox song of the day that drops every weekday at 8 a.m., usually one or two times a week. That's me. As well as, um, actually, I have a bunch of shows returning. There's a new episode of Pop Goes the Classics. That's myself, Steve Riddle, and Miranda Berthold, where we go through the Disney uh, full-length feature, Animated Canon, and we were up to Treasure Planet, a very forgotten film, and there are good reasons why. Um and so check that one out. And then after that, yeah, we're kind of like in like a de- uh, kind of a very downtime for Disney animation. So it's not um, we're not looking forward to doing uh, next uh, the next few films. But, you know, we have to do it to uh, to give the, uh, the the spirit of the pod justice. Uh, also, uh, cartoons of our youth will be coming back. Jennifer Smith will be dropping by and we'll be discussing and watching two episodes of her favorite cartoon, Futurama. So check that out. As well as I'm getting back to my Blockbuster rewatch series. Uh, hopefully, going to get together with the Godfather, Nate Milton, to do Wakanda Forever. As well as uh, I'll be with Greg Diener, as I will be picking up with Star Wars on Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. And yeah, just looking to start uh, kind of get, easing back in and, and getting a regular rotation of my shows and. You know, Logan and I are trying to keep this as a, uh, you know, kind of a, as close to monthly as possible. So we will probably be back in about four weeks time or so. And if we uh, are not close enough to stand and deliver, we will do a special episode to do a stand and deliver preview. Because we don't want to uh, kind of leave that hang out there because it is the biggest show of the year. Okay. So thank you, everybody. For listening to the latest episode of Who's Next here on the PlayStation Wrestling Network. On behalf of my co-host, Logan Crosland, I'm Andy Afton. Thank you for listening. Check out next time. <laughs>